A couple of weeks ago, we got word that the Proud Boys were going to be uh, heading the, heading to Portland. This was September 26th, and I thought it was an extremely bad idea because Portland is the hot spot of Antifa and Black Lives Matter riot and extremism. And so you take a bunch of Trump supporters, you send them into this area. Naturally, Antifa is going to come out. They're going to act a fool, and there's going to be violence. And it was particularly troubling because we've already seen this uh, this Black Lives Matter Antifa guy tattoo on his neck, stalk a Trump supporter put two bolts in his chest. So hearing that the Proud Boys are planning on doing this, I was very critical. I said, it's a bad idea. And a lot, I've talked to a lot of Trump supporters who, who have actually agreed that there's, there's an issue with respecting, there's a challenge in respecting the rights of individuals to have their free speech, to hold their rallies and be safe from physical violence. And then going into an area where you know Antifa is saying, we're going to have our rally here. And then it's also, you know, you get Antifa saying, we're defending ourselves because they came to our town. So to talk about this, we have the chairman of the Proud Boys, Enrique Tario. And we're also going to talk about the names that you have been called, your organization, the founding of your organization. And we're, uh, I've got the Anti-Defamation League pulled up. I've got the Southern Poverty Law Center. I've got the AP. Oh we tried to find some of the, uh, the harshest criticisms in a, in, a, in a professional sense. So the ADL and the SPLC, because we're not here for, for softballs. And uh, we're going to, you know, we'll call it like we see it. But I think it's important to actually hear from you. Because I heard you were a white supremacist. And uh, I couldn't help but notice that uh, you're not white. Well, probably like really bad at my job <laughs> being a white supremacist. So, but uh, thank you for having me on, Tim. Um, and... I really appreciate that you guys uh, have me on when a lot of people don't want to have me on for some reason. Um, I don't think I'm this giant controversial character that people are portraying us to be. I think. Uh, well, to, to, to give you some uh, to I don't know what the right word is for, it, but I'll, I'll, I'll say it this way. We've got a lot of stuff to go through and, uh, you know, like the, the criticisms, like I, I literally just opened by saying I was critical of what you guys were going to do in Portland. I think, you know, ultimately everything turned out fine. There was no violence. But when Donald Trump was giving the debate, uh, was he, when, when he was in the debate with Joe Biden and he was asked to disavow white supremacists and right wing militias, it was Joe Biden who yelled out Proud Boys. And then Trump said, stand, what do you say, stand back and stand by, something like that? Stand back, stand by. Well, immediately following this, I saw a wave of journalists saying, do not interview the Proud Boys. And I thought to myself, why? Joe Biden called them out. This group, we need to understand what it is and why it should be condemned or told to either stand down or whatever Donald Trump was saying. Why would journalists, even New York Times journalists say, don't interview individuals that were named in a presidential election debate, potentially one of the most important? So naturally, we wanted to, we, we actually wanted to get you in sooner. It's been, you know, I don't know. We, we just kind of do the show. I'm not here to uh, scheduling is fast and loose and whatever. But uh, immediately, I started having people ask me questions. Is it true that Donald Trump told white supremacists to get ready? That's what people were asking me. And I was like, that's not, that's not true. I mean, the Proud Boys are not white supremacists. I think you're, you're, so you're wearing a shirt that says American supremacist. On purpose. So, uh, and you're also not white. No. So. Uh, it's pretty obvious. Yeah, I, I, I do hate to, to bring it in this direction. But for those that are listening, would you, do you want to describe your, your ethnic background so they understand? So my parents came, uh, my grandfather came from Cuba back, uh, right after the revolution. And, um, they're definitely not white. Um, I'm African and Cuban descent from both. Um, actually some of my, uh, ancestors are indigenous to Cuba. And, uh, 
I don't think I have any white at all. I've never done one of those DNA tests. I've never wanted to spend money on it. I don't care because to me, uh, I've never cared about somebody's race or religion. It's not a thing for me. Um, and the same thing for the proud boys. We don't like when you join a chapter or you try to join a chapter in the application process, we don't, we don't ask those questions. We don't ask you, Oh, well, what, what's your religion? Like it has like those little cards that show you how dark your skin is to see where you check off. We don't have that. Those are real. No, I don't know. I saw that in like one of those family guy. Family guy. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Um, well, so, so, so let me ask you, man, uh, what are the proud boys? It was started as a joke. On Gavin's show and um, Gavin McInnes, Gavin McInnes' show, founder of Vice, co-founder, co-founder, co-founder of Vice, which I give him crap for that all the time. <laughs> um, but uh, we started as a joke on Gavin's show. It wasn't go- supposed to go past the first uh, meeting that they had. He was trying to get his intern laid, and uh, he invited everybody to the bar on a Friday night, and they came out. And it wasn't supposed to like he did. He made up the name uh, from an Aladdin musical, and he did the tenets and the 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 credo, uh, the degrees of membership, all right there, acapella, like like straight. What are you, what are your tenets? And these are the ten tenets of being a proud boy, and what are the degrees? And he went through them, uh, and it was made right there on the spot, and uh, it started blowing up. And it really started to blow up after the J20 riots, the inauguration day riots, because we we dared to fight back. You know, conservatives weren't fighting back. Antifa was was uh, basically burning down the city on J20. Uh, they were beating up Trump protesters throughout the entire election. We saw what happened in Berkeley. And there wasn't like conservatives that, that were fighting back. And it wasn't like we, they, they claim us to be like some type of security force. So something that they always say is like, Oh, you guys are, we're doing security for Roger Stone. We never, we never get hired to do security for anybody. We just went to go see Stone at his events and we just happened to be there. We've never really provided security for anything. So. Um, if so you ask what, what the proud boys yeah. are and just like the simplest terms, we're, uh, a drinking club with a patriot problem is all we are. Um, we don't take ourselves seriously. Actually, outside of media coverage, we're not a boring crew, but we're a boring story. Like if you really knew who we were on the inside, uh, it's a boring story. It's like, it's not newsworthy at all. So we've, We've become these monsters. And last week, um, we became public enemy number one for Democrats because they refused to denounce Antifa and they had a problem. They had a problem in the polls. They knew they weren't polling right because of that. And they needed to point a finger. They needed to find somebody. And they could have, Biden could have uh, picked so many other groups when they were talking about white supremacy, which is an ideology or militias, which are actual groups, you could name those. But they decided he made a critical mistake in mentioning the Proud Boys when talking about militias were not a militia. You know, we don't train uh, white supremacy. We're not white supremacists. My chapter consists of 90% of the membership in my personal chapter are all Cubans. The minority is white. Um, When Gavin was, like, founding it, Mm -hmm. he was saying stuff like, Go, I, I'm, he was joking, but he was saying, like, I'm advocating Was violence. he joking? I think that's so. Not, I don't think that's a, right. There's a big what if. But 
he says that he was joking and like saying, I, I want violence. Go get him. Go get him. And then like some people that identified as Proud Boys like attacked someone. And that's where the whole Proud Boys are a violent organization came from. Mm-hmm. Uh I'd, I'd like I'd ask you for the context of when we attack somebody on that specific so we, we, premise. We just had the mm-hmm. DC riot squad. These are the Daily Callers reporters who go on the ground and go to riots. And they said they filmed in uh, where was that? Was that Portland? Or was it was in Portland that they saw Proud Boys? Yeah, yeah. And the mm-hmm. Pro- they said they said they saw a couple so. Proud Boys really just laying into a guy like brutally beating him. And I said, Are "You sure?" Because I I know Patriot Prayer is up in the. He said, "Nope, these are Proud Boys." And so these are these are the riot crew guys. These are the people who are on the ground covering it. They work for the caller. They're not mm. left. You know, this Daily Caller is founded by Tucker Carlson. And they said they saw uh, Proud Boys stomping some guy out. Um, well, I haven't heard about that story in Portland, but yes, we have gotten into scuffles, uh, many per se, and uh, we're not afraid to defend ourselves. <clears throat> but don't so- you? Going back to the first point I was making, we opened the show. Yes. Don't you ahead. think there's a problem if you guys go to Portland and then you like you know it's an Antifa hotbed? Mm-hmm. Understanding, I understand. You, you in the United States, you have a right to march where you want to march, mm-hmm. but you're jumping into the fray. Then Antifa's there, all hot and agitated and and crazy. Then they start they 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 come to these events, they attack you, and then you get into fights. I think I agreed with you a hundred percent when you did the video on our Portland our September 26 rally. I agreed with you a hundred percent. It would be stupid and retarded for us to go into downtown Portland. Portland's a very big place. It would be stupid for us to go into downtown Portland because that would mean that we're actually looking for problems. If we went into, let's say, Chapman Park or uh, Terry Shrunk Plaza, yes, I'd tell you that we're definitely looking for it. But that instance, we'll, we'll talk about this specific instance, but I took it to northern Portland. I put the event on purpose. I put it in the middle of this park that has 10 foot fences all around. It's a maze. It's impossible to get there. I communicated with PD. I communicated with FBI. They called it a state of emergency because we were going. So there was a bigger police presence. We actually had a really good event, really safe event. And we were away from Antifa. And the only reason that Antifa went to, there was a park that was close by called Flamingo Park, I think, uh, or Peninsula Park. The only reason that they went there is because I said in a private message that I leaked, I said that we're going to go into Peninsula Park. So the reason why they were there. They were there to confront you. They were there to confront me, but I knew that it was three and a half miles away and I knew they wouldn't have time from beginning of this event to the end of the event. You don't have to. um, And a lot of people under your feed said, uh, don't. don't interrupt your enemy when they're making a mistake. And I, I'm a hundred percent for that. But no, go ahead, go ahead. But I decided to go over there to expose. I decided to go over there and I decided to, to dare, right? To go over there. And I felt the brunt of it. I felt people were like turning on us and like, why are you going over there? And the reason why we're going over there, cause the only reason why cops did their job that week and they're going to do their job till the end of the year was because we showed up. They banned CS gas. I don't know if you remember that yep. they, because it was inhumane. Tear gas, basically. Tear gas. Uh, it was inhumane to use that uh, against protesters. But the moment that we say that we're going to show up, they lift the tear gas ban. Hmm. And so tear gas is bad for humans, but it's not bad for conservatives. 
So they, they lifted that ban on Friday and I wasn't afraid of it. I was like, okay, cool. You, you lifted the, the tear gas ban. You're not going to use it on us. We're going to be peaceful and we're far away from wherever action, whatever action. And I, as a matter of fact, don't quote me on this. I'll, I'll look up the uh, statistics after this, but I think they had the most single arrests that weekend than they had in the previous four months. It was like 50 something arrests of Antifa and Antifa. Yes. Um, and, I categorize that as a win. But their DA isn't prosecuting many of these people. They're just being cut loose. Well, the cool part about it is that some of the, some of those arrests were made by uh, deputized uh, the feds. federal yeah. officers. And they were supposed to, I, I guess the word is undeputize them mm-hmm. the, the day after. And the U.S. Marshals actually refused that. So 50 Portland Police Bureau uh, cops are going to be federally deputized by the U.S. Marshals until the end of the year. And that means anybody they arrest could face federal charges. Yes. So let's go back. So uh, to to better understand, we know the Proud Boys was a joke. Gavin uh, was he he doesn't know when to stop. I'll I'll say that. Mm -hmm. And so he made a joke and then he kept going with it. He kept pushing on it. He's had numerous videos where he's straight up called for violence. Mm -hmm. He was at a rally in D.C. where I uh, had some reporters on the ground covering uh, covering it. And I can't remember what the rally was, but it wasn't that long ago, and Gavin was calling for violence. So I know that Gavin stepped down from the Proud Boys, but that's that's your founding. This is this is a guy who's got numerous videos. Some of them are taken out of context. Uh, you know, there was one video I think where he was talking about you know putting a choke chain on a dog, and it was taken out of context to make it seem like he was saying attack people. But he's definitely called for violence. So I mean, this is I I I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. The only reason he stepped down was because he was trying to take heat off of some Proud Boy members. Who were facing prison time. Yes. He stepped down. <clears throat> so to touch on the first stu- subject, he stepped down because he needed to take heat off of uh, this crooked system that was prosecuting our guys. So Gavin threw a comedy show at the Metropolitan Republican Club. And uh, that was on a Saturday. And then Friday, the whole place was vandalized. They broke the windows. They spray painted uh, the entire building. They put glue on the locks and they put uh, a threatening message on the front door. If you have, if you have Gavin here, you'll see what's going to happen to you. And uh, they went through with it. So they went through with the night and uh, my guys were walking back to their car and uh, they were confronted by Antifa. They were followed and stalked by Antifa. They were confronted. They threw a glass bottle of urine at them. And then my guys fought back. Right. Um, and the cops saw this whole thing. The cops saw this, this brawl. So the cops went, they broke up the brawl and they asked my guys, Hey, are you, you guys need any medical attention? Are you guys okay? My guys like, all right, we're, we're cool. And, uh, when he asked Antifa, the guy said, F off pigs was his, uh, what's what he said to the cops and nothing happened. That's it. But, Something was going to happen because it was a 2018 election and mobs, not jobs. I don't know if you remember that. Yep. Uh, jobs, not mobs was trending and, uh, they needed a boogeyman. So they went ahead and the governor of New York, Governor Cuomo, uh, instructed the AG to press charges on the white supremacist Proud Boys. Didn't say anything about Antifa. Um, AG prosecuted. They turned themselves in. And they knew they didn't do anything wrong. So what do you do when you know that you didn't do anything wrong? You you take it to trial. And they took it to trial. And this is the first time, maybe I'm blind to the system, but this is the first time I ever see that 
they did not get to face their accuser. There was no victims. And it's not like the DA didn't present victims. The DA didn't even know who these guys were. The police didn't know. The police took the stand and was very unbiased and told the story. And guess who was the people that took the stand against the Proud Boys? Sandy Bauckham, which is a journal, uh, I don't even want to say journalist, but um, somebody Ad- that videotaped the whole thing. and Ad- Advocacy journalism. Yeah, advocacy. To. So that's the people that would put on the stand. So they got, obviously, uh, they got proven guilty by a jury of their peers, uh, but by a crooked system that probably had already tainted it with all these tweets. Um, I think it should have been, been done in private. Um, the, the jury should have been sequestered, but that didn't happen. It was an unfair trial. I mean, how many, how many fights happen in New York? So the, the first thing I'll say is four years in four years. What's four years? Four years in prison. They're doing four oh years God. in prison yeah. for this. Yeah. Now, that, that, that definitely seems excessive. They called it gang violence. Yes. So the first thing is, in reference to there being no victim, it's the state that is, is pressing charges as the people. The, the victim was the people. There's video footage of Proud Boys kicking a guy on the ground in the fetal position over and over again. Mm-hmm. So when the, when the story first came out, the initial reaction we saw, because we saw surveillance footage, was Antifa throw a bottle, and then Proud Boys run up and start fighting. And then the Proud Boys won very quickly, but kept going as they were still on the ground. And that's where they say the charges actually stem from. But a- actually, later on, more footage was was released showing that before Antifa even threw the bottle, the Proud Boys were running at them from down the street, and then Antifa threw the bottle. So I actually covered this. After after they stomped the guys on the ground, which is all on video, they they kept live streaming and one of the guys who was streaming was filming a couple Proud Boys saying, laughing about how they were stomping a guy's head on the ground. And, and one guy was like jumping away, like, yeah, I was smashing him. Then when, when I captured, I, I downloaded that stream, the Proud Boy, when he found out that people were, I, don't, I, don't, I think the guy streaming wasn't a Proud Boy, quickly deleted it. So mm-hmm. there's video of, I, I, the charges stem from, they didn't just, win, like, so here, here's the argument I was told when I covered this. People said, just because someone's gone down doesn't mean the fight is over. And so they wanted to make sure that Antifa didn't get back up because they were a threat. But the Proud Boys ran at Antifa mm-hmm. and then continued to stomp them and then bragged about it on a live stream afterwards. So I'm not going to tell you that I know the, exactly the entire story on the, on the video side or anything. But <clears throat> when you're basically stalked, right, your homes get uh, bricks thrown through the window, your tires get slashed. Uh, people are shot on the street. Uh, like, when is enough? Like, when when is it that we say enough? Protesters are protesters, right? They they have a right, and I I've always said this. I support Antifa's right to protest something that they don't see, that they don't see as right, right? But they're not coming to protest. They didn't come there. They didn't come there with glass bottles of of, of urine uh, to to have a nice time and to not invoke violence. And these guys are getting stalked on the way to their, to their cars. Okay. So I'm going to defend them to the T. Uh, I don't think that, that some people understand how hard it is. Like just, just being a PB, right? 
just being a normal person that, that thinks that there's something wrong and you don't go to, to, to any rallies. And one day you decide, Hey, I'm going to go to a comedy show with Gavin. And then there's this giant protest outside and they arrested three Antifa members. Uh, I think they beat up like a journalist and stole his camera equipment. It was actually an attendee. <clears throat> so yeah. I, I was going to get to that too. Uh, one of the attendees of the club was a block away from where that event we we're talking about took place. Antifa beat and robbed him. And the, I guess, so there were two major instant incidents that occurred that night. One where the, we, you know, I described the Proud Boys run up, fight the Antifa, win, stream it a block away. A guy leaving the, the event with Gavin was attacked by Antifa. They stole his backpack and fled. I think the police may have recovered the backpack. I'm not entirely sure. But, uh, from there, there is something really obvious to be pointed out. The, 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 the left wing activists, they, they're organized. They have advice from lawyers and they know what they're doing. You guys don't seem to understand how the system actually works. So my understanding of the story when I was covering at the time, after the police came and broke up the fight, you, I believe you're correct that they ultimately didn't do much, but then came back later with charges. The Proud Boys cooperated entirely with the police, gave them their information, told them what was up. Antifa said F you and ran off. Yep. So the, 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 my understanding is the DA said, if Antifa was caught at the time and we knew who they were, they would face the same charges, but they got away. The Proud Boys get to go to jail. Do you know what happened to those people that, that um, stole the book bag? No, what happened? I don't. The DA released him. The guy who stole the book bag? Yes. Really? They, they let them go. Um, sometimes, sometimes bravery is stupid, right? So sometimes being prideful is stupid. Sometimes going to Portland is stupid, right? But like, we don't want to live in fear. You know, these guys are facing the consequences and you should, you should see the letters that they send out. Uh, they're as bad as the situation that there are in. They're, they're very like, they, they, they love this, right? They love this country. They love what it stands for and they love fighting for it. And as you said, yes, maybe uh, things could have worked out differently. Maybe we shouldn't have talked to the cops. Maybe we should have just kept our mouth shut. But would have that been the right thing to do? It's not the smartest thing to do. I think my personal opinion, mm -hmm. I understand what you're saying about being stalked. I've seen the videos. I've been covering this for a long time. I remember some of the first events where I saw Proud Boys in person confused what they were doing at these rallies because it was this weird, you know, Gavin joke. But I think... What you guys need to realize is you have scrutiny. You're named by Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. And that means you're walking on the razor's edge. If Antifa is surrounding your, your event and vandalizing it and smashing it up, you need to let the police take care of it. And if the police won't, we have a serious problem, but that needs to be the issue that's brought up. So uh, even Donald Trump has said the same thing. Law enforcement needs to handle it. I understand, especially in Portland, the district attorneys in Portland, Chicago, Fort Worth, <laughs> and New York have been releasing all of these rioters. Joe Biden's campaign solicited donations to bail them out, and so did, and Kamala Harris did personally. So yeah, it seems like a very serious serious issue. What I see, however, is uh, the American people who are sick and tired of the riots, mm -hmm. the people I know in the Chicagoland area who are sick and tired of the riots, and then roll their eyes in annoyance when they hear Proud Boys are coming around, and then it's essentially just going to cause more fighting. Or not that you guys are on par with what Antifa and Black Lives Matter are doing in rioting, but that they're sick of all of it. And they want the police to just shut it down. So wouldn't it be better if you guys just didn't get into fights? It would be. I don't think it would be better if you just let cops do their jobs because 
cops aren't doing their jobs. They're not. It's not that they don't want to. It's that they're not allowed to. So what did it take in Portland? It took two guys with an idea and a phone call to show up in Portland for them to finally do their job, right? Well, the, uh, there's different ways that we can go about it. It doesn't mean that we got to fight every time that we go somewhere because we've grown. I, I think we've grown a lot smarter. Uh, we've we've understand uh, exactly what they're going to do before they're going to do it. And we show up in Portland. We're far as hell from everything. And they finally get a rest. They finally get to use their CS gas. They were happy. They were happy that they got these tools that were necessary to do their job. But so if we let, if we let police officers and we, we say, oh, well, we're going to leave everything to the police officers. Well, we've left everything to the police officers in these cities and they continue to burn. But Kenosha this- happened. I'm sorry. Kenosha happened because of Portland. DC happened because of Portland. Uh, Chicago's happening. New York. I, I could keep going. Right. Atlanta, uh, Austin, like, Portland is setting an example for this, and these guys think that they can get away with it. I'm not saying that we're we're some vigilantes that are going to fix everything, and we let the police do their job when we went to Portland. We've let the police do their job. Every time that I've been to Portland, the two last times that I've been to Portland, we've let the cops do their job. We just show up. So first, it, it was good to see there was no violence, and the way you handled going to Portland, I understand, makes sense. Yes. You got a state of emergency declared, the police powers were restored, but the police have been making these arrests. The first deputization came from Oregon State Police because every time they arrest these Black Lives Matter or Antifa rioters, it's the district attorney who keeps releasing them. The state police actually issued a statement saying, what's the point of, uh, I'm paraphrasing, by the way, what's the point of doing this if everyone, arre- everyone we arrest is cut loose immediately and come right back out and riot? So I understand what you're saying. You, you, the piece, the police were empowered a little bit more. There was a deputization of local police, mm-hmm. which, re, which, which will retain. And there actually is a breaking story right now that the DA, I believe his name is Mike Schmidt in Portland, cut loose an Antifa rioter and the feds immediately came in and issued federal charges. Good. There was a statement made by, so, so that is one, I guess you, there, there's, there's pros and there's cons to that result. You know, that the increasing authority of the federal government is, is worrying, in my opinion. But if, if local district attorneys aren't stopping these people, and we have now 130 plus days of rioting, yeah, it becomes really, really difficult to figure out how to solve this problem. So I guess there was, in terms of a law enforcement result, you got one, there was no violence. So I can respect that I was wrong about they're going to, you know, I, I said, it's there's going to be violence. People are going to, I'm worried about it. And it, it didn't, it didn't turn out that way. So, well, you were right. You were right in your video. Well, what I mean, what I mean to say but is, yes. I believe my criticism was correct. Yeah, yes. the, the potential for violence is great, but I was wrong in that I absolutely thought there was going to be clashes and violence. We've seen the videos, and I think the American people are tired, and I fully understand what you're saying. And there, there really is a serious challenge in, in that we have all of these cities where rioting has kept popping up, notably in the Pacific Northwest, but it's it's happened in New York, and we just had uh, L.A. Lakers riots, I guess, in L.A., which was absurd. In uh, in Portland, they just tore down a statue of Abraham Lincoln. Mm. Now, the Teddy Roosevelt one, it was Indigenous People's Day. Okay, I understand they're mad about both of these individuals, but it doesn't seem like there's a cohesive group. It seems like you have emboldened groups, far-left extremists who have been rioting now for several months of varying I- ideologies from Antifa to Indigenous rights to Black Lives Matter. You've got the Indigenous activists tearing down Abraham Lincoln, and you'd think that would be something the Black Lives Matter people actually wouldn't want torn down. You've got some fringe leftists tearing down Frederick Douglass in Rochester, which is insane, and you think you wouldn't want torn down. But anyway, ultimately, I think, while I, I certainly believe 
you know, Trump is correct when he says it's coming from the left. The way I described it before is if 300 Proud Boys were marching, you know, in front of my house, I'd just be like, what are you, what are you doing? You know, like, why? I don't get it. If 300 Antifa were marching in my house, I'd be calling the police and saying, you need to get down here because these are the people that put on masks, smash things. We recently saw in, uh, in Denver, there was a security guard hired by a news outlet, Nine News, and he shot a Trump supporter. According to a reporter on scene, he came up behind her and approached a Trump supporter, police uh, supporter, and made some kind of move towards him. The Trump supporter slapped him in, in apparently some kind of preemptive or defensive uh, measure, knocking his head off. He took two steps back, and then the guy was pulling his gun out as he was stepping back and shot him in the face as the dude was letting off some spray. We also saw what happened in Portland with Michael Reinhold stalking some Trump supporters Mm -hmm. and then calling them out. We got a couple right here. Take it out here. Yeah. And then he shoots him twice in the chest. We're not seeing. uh, So where, where are the like Trump supporting conservatives that are doing that kind of behavior, showing up to rallies put on by the left, attacking people, hospitalizing them? Like I mentioned, we do have the example of from the D.C. riot squad of I believe it was Portland where Proud Boys were beating somebody up. Mm-hmm. So there are, you know, there are problems here. But we tend to see the way I describe it is on the left, you have a widespread of blunt force, whereas extremists associated with the right, whatever that really means, it's, it's complicated terminology. You have extremist actions that are extremely elevated in terms of, you know, mass shootings and things like that and bombings. But I don't think that's it's fair to uh, connect you to say, you know, like a, a neo-Nazi group. You're clearly not white supremacists. No. That being said, some of your members were in Charlottesville. I was in Charlottesville. So, 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 what was that all about? Were you the very I, fine people that Trump was talking about? I think I was the very fine people that Trump was talking about. Actually, um, I actually went there on their media capacity um, to record. Um, I also felt some type of way about tearing down statues. Period. Whether you, they're a work of art, you know, they're supposed to make you feel some sort of way. And I felt like there was, there was protesters on both sides. There was protesters on the other side that, uh, felt like they needed to take the statue down. But that didn't mean that there weren't people on both sides that weren't utter garbage. And usually the people on both sides, uh, that were utter garbage were the ones sitting in the back and they waited. They waited till like the end of the, the event to start these clashes. Um, I saw it from my own eyes. Heather Hare lost her life, right? But I saw an Antifa black block with a broken flagpole trying to harpoon somebody. Uh, and the only reason that they weren't successful is because that guy was wearing a plate carrier or else it would have been two deaths. I mean, I'm, I'm talking about this guy went, was ramming this thing full speed at him. And, uh, luckily it was broken up and state police was like maybe 10 feet away. And he just turned his back to this. You, so, you, so that, you know, that let police do their job sometimes just doesn't work. Sometimes you have to step in. And I'm not saying to be a vigilante. I'm not telling anybody to be a vigilante. And I don't think you should be a vigilante. But sometimes we could, we can do something and we can be smarter. But yes, there was people on both sides the, that were horrible. But there was people on both sides that I saw conversations where people were having, hey, I think that we should tear down this statue. Uh, it's a statue to slavery. And somebody else was saying, no, this isn't a statue to slavery. And they had like their compelling arguments. And we don't have enough of that. You know, and the media, that doesn't sell. 
Yeah. That doesn't get clicks. And that's these media why. giants are corporations. Their their main purpose is to make money. And that's why they said, do not interview the Proud Boys, even though they got named in a presidential debate, one of the most consequential in our lifetimes. I think it's extremely important to figure out who you are, what you stand for, you know, uh, and what you're doing. In terms of Charlottesville, I believe uh, Gavin issued a statement denouncing the alt-right. Yes. But you, one of wasn't one of the organizers a Proud Boy? He came, so so first we have to see what a Proud Boy is, right? In order to, to say, well, he's a member or not. So a member is somebody that's integrated into a chapter. Because like, let's say we're hanging out at a bar, you've heard of the Proud Boys and you want to be part of the Proud Boys, but you're in town. Let's say we're in Miami and you're from New York. So I could give you like a first degree, but that doesn't mean that you're a member. Like you have to integrate into a chapter. What, what is a first degree? First degree is that you claim that you're a Western chauvinist and you refuse to apologize for creating the modern world. That doesn't mean that you're a proud boy. That means like you're, you're just taking that, that pledge. What, what's a chauvinist in this context? Well, it's funny because we, we use words in certain ways in order to get, uh, I guess to be provocative, like American supremacist. I guess it was provocative when I was flying over here, but, um, chauvinist means, uh, excessively patriotic is what it means, what that word means. And people get that confused all the time with male chauvinists, which are two completely different things. Like a person that's a male chauvinist is extremely proud to have a penis, right? Or extremely proud to be a man. Um, a Western chauvinist is somebody that's excessively patriotic towards the West, Western values. And in the case of American Proud Boys, because we have Proud Boys chapters around the world, including in Eastern countries, um, we're patriotic. We're extremely patriotic towards America. Uh, is, that, is that what you mean United by States. West specifically? Yes. Well, American Proud Boys, yes. But Western civilization also as a whole created this awesome system where we're able to sit next to each other and broadcast to millions of viewers how, how, and in the comfort of of a studio what, what then what's what's the what's the opposite of that what's the alternative to western civilization eastern civilization well the opposite would be uh yeah it would be eastern civilization and it doesn't mean here's another thing like just because it's kind of like an america first thing and then the first thing people think of is like oh well you're crapping all over the other countries no it doesn't mean that we're putting other countries last it means that we want to put America first, whether it's through activism, legislation, um, anything that we do in our lives, we do want to put our country first. Uh, now we have allies like Mexico and Canada. It doesn't mean that they're last. We actually, we're the most giving country in the world. We could fund the UN by ourselves. We don't need no help, but why would we do that? So what have they given us? So go, I, I don't want to deviate too yeah, far. I, want, I, I do want to come back to the degrees of Proud Boy, but I want to take it back to Charlottesville uh, real quick. So who who is this guy and who was organizing it? You're saying that he, he what he was he not a proud boy or what? He he came to a meeting and uh after that he didn't get integrated into a chapter and then shortly after that he decided to do uh the Unite the Right rally which is what it was called in Charlottesville and um we saw it coming from a mile away that it was a horrible idea. It was just a stupid idea. Weren't there like avowed white nationalists like before the event happened saying they were organizing this? They were coming down. Yeah, there was there was people that were saying that they're going to come down and, and they're not going to tear down these statues. But these were these were the avowed white nationalists. So yeah. like you knew beforehand. 
who we, was going to be there. We knew, uh, yeah, obviously you knew it because after he, after he announced that this, like even the flyer was was cringy. You know, that's why we knew it was it wasn't going to be a good event to go to. Period. So that's why Gavin uh, said uh, that he disavowed the entire event. And these guys were so stupid that they thought that the first one went so good that they started making uh, Unite the Right 2, which was a complete Oh, that was flop. ridiculous. But um, so, so, so let me ask you, uh, knowing who was organizing, who was going to be there, and then even the night before you had these people marching around, as Joe Biden likes to you know, constantly talk about, the people with the torches, mm-hmm. at a certain point, don't, don't you say, like, I don't want to be here with these people? Are you asking me personally? Yeah, yeah I mean, you were there, right? Yeah, I was there. Well, so, I wasn't at that Tiki Torch march. No, no, right, right, right. I wasn't at that I'm Tiki just, Torch. And I wasn't there, like, as an activist. I was there to record. Oh, okay. I was there to record. I didn't really... I did feel, like I just said, I did feel some type of way of tearing down history. Uh, my parents... uh My grandfather's Cuban, and I've gone to Cuba many times throughout my uh, adult life. And I've understood, like, what the consequences of a socialist government is i've understood them erasing history and as a matter of fact um when che guevara and castro were taking over the island from the west coast to the east coast there was this little farm just outside the outskirts of a city that needed that was strategically important for the revolution so they took over that farm but they asked the family that was there you know, that they wanted to use the farm as a forward operating base in order to attack the city. Well, when that family declined, they got the two oldest males and they brought them out. They put them on their knees. They tied their hands behind their back and they shot them in the back of the head. And that family shares last name with me because they were my family, uh, is the Tarios. So I do know, and, and what they did on the island after that made my grandfather leave. They started erasing history and the same thing, the same thing that I saw, uh, what they wanted to do in Charlottesville. Again, I wasn't going to go if, if I didn't get a gig recording, I wouldn't have gone. I would have seen the mayhem from the comfort of my phone. But, uh, it was, it, it was something that you needed to be there. The media spun it, uh, in a way that, I've never seen them spin something like that before. Like before I got to my hotel room, that's it. It was, it was chaos and there was chaos. Uh, but they focused on small fringe groups. They didn't focus on people. They didn't focus on those small conversations. I had a, actually, that was the first time I met, uh, Daryl Lamont Jenkins and he was having actually a really good conversation with somebody who, who is, who's Daryl? Daryl Lamont Jenkins, uh, self-identified uh, member of Antifa that lives in the Philadelphia area, I believe. And uh, I've had multiple conversations with him before. Um, out in D.C., uh, Portland, I've seen him all over the place. But he did have a conversation. He did have nasty conversations with people. But the media focuses on the bad that's going on in the world. And people like to focus on, oh, my God, the civil war is coming. I don't believe that. I believe, like, you... Go to the grocery store, talk to your neighbor. The country isn't as divided as as the, the magic light box makes you think it is. So, but it doesn't mean that we could just sit idly and not do anything. And I don't, I don't want to do that. So, what do you, what, what what's your what's your mission? What's your goal? Um, 
what's my goal personally or with the proud boys so you said you don't want to sit back and do nothing something a lot of people don't know is that most proud boys aren't activists most of them don't go to rallies most of them the only like activism i guess that they do is go out to vote um there's a small percentage of proud boys that are politically active like myself i've been doing uh I've been active for 18 years. I was a canvasser. I was a campaign manager, um, door knocker. I've worked the polls. Um, and it's always something that I've been passionate about. So, um, our goals are simple. Um, we, we think about the entire organization and basically what we want to do is just make better men in general, better brothers, better husbands, uh, better fathers. Um, Everything else after that is auxiliary, right? Um, and I think we focus on more the celebratory aspect of the West instead of the defend aspect of the West, but we do, we do do both, right? So, so let me, let me ask you the very, um, in my opinion, I can't stand the question, but we'll, we'll, we'll do it anyway. Will, will you right now denounce white supremacy? No. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's a clip. So check yep, this it. out. Yeah, that's it. That's that's what they're going to pick up right now. Okay, so not that I, unequivocally, I, I and 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 I've said this before. I denounce white supremacy. I denounce anti-Semitism. I denounce fascism. I denounce communism. I denounce Antifa. I denounce any other ism, right? That is prejudice against people because of the color of their skin, because of their religion, because of their cultural background, and any anything that has to do with authoritarian governments. Um, and I hate having to repeat that so many times. And I know that there's a lot of viewers here that don't know who the Proud Boys is, but I have to constantly repeat that. I don't like labeling myself, uh, and this is the the Afro-Cuban label is something that the that the media uses all the time. And I hate putting people in boxes. People shouldn't be put in boxes. Um, yeah, Like people I, say, I, oh, well, how could they be racist? And here, look, I'll be clear about that. How could they be racist if they have a brown chairman? Well, you could. You could be any color and be racist, but I am not racist. The organization is not racist. We don't care. I just, I just really need to point out how stupid our current media ecosystem is that I have to ask a black man if he's a white supremacist. Yeah. So I, I recognize the absurdity of the question for all the people in the audience. I think it's stupid, but that's like, I think people who are like regular moderate Americans mm-hmm. and conservatives roll their eyes when they constantly hear questions like that. But you have this institution, this news institutions, these, these news institutions that genuinely don't know or don't care. And so you, you have to sort of have a question like that in a sense to make sure it's absolutely and, 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 you know, positively clear as absurd and stupid as it is. It's also kind of incomplete because it's like, do you denounce racial supremacy? Yes. Yeah, of course. Together, period. And, and that should be the argument, not white, not black supremacy, not Just, Native American supremacy, not Jewish supremacy. It's all bad stuff. Being yes. a racial supremacist is a bad thing. Yeah. Well, so um, let, let me ask you about that shirt. Okay. American supremacist. I have yeah. here the Merriam-Webster dic- uh, uh, Merriam-Webster dictionary definition of fascism. They say a political philosophy, movement, or regime such as that of the fascisti that exalts nation and often race above the individual, and that stands for a centralized autocratic government headed by a dictatorial leader, severe economic and social regimentation, and forcible suppression of opposition. Mm. So, um, 
I think you've already explained this. I think yes. the only thing out of that is that you uh, are, are a patriot. But I don't, would you? So clearly, let me just ask you: Are you for a centralized autocratic government? Absolutely not. Are you uh, in favor of putting the race above the individual? No. Uh, are you in favor of a dictatorial leader? Nope. Social or economic regimentation? Nope. Or forcible suppression of your opposition? Nope. Do you believe that Antifa should be allowed to go out and protest so yes. long as they don't get violent? Yes. Do you think that the nation should be exalted above the individual? No. Well, then. I think the individual, I think the individual, the, the reason why I'm an American supremacist is because the founding of this country is about the individual. It's about your individual liberties. Uh, the founding fathers didn't envision this, this powerhouse. They didn't, this isn't what they w wanted per se. Um, it's beautiful that we have it. Um, but they just wanted a, to build a nation that was free, that you have your plot of land, you could practice your religion, you could have your family, you can, you can raise them however you want and be free of, of basically to do whatever it is that you want. Right. And the federal government was built to protect that from foreign invaders. And we've gotten so far past that. It was, it, it was about the individual. We got, um, and it's funny because the revolution was started at the basement of a bar. And the American Revolution. The American Revolution was started at the basement of a bar. And a bunch of farmers and carpenters and, and just regular Joes faced off against the biggest superpower that the world has seen to that time. And they won and they were tired of it and they didn't want that. So when the president says, I agree with the president, when the president says law and order, I agree with him because I understand where, where he's coming from. He says law and order in these cities that don't have law and order too much law and order is bad. You know, uh, legislators get elected by proposing new legislation, new laws. They don't get elected by deregulating. Um, and I think that's, that's a major problem that we have. And we're so far from that, you know, free speech, you know, okay. Yeah. The government isn't stopping us from, from speaking our words, but now the corporations are. So let me, uh, I'm going to pull up the anti-defamation league and I'm right. going to show you, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to read what they say about your organization. In fact, they use a photo of you cool. in, in the proud voice. It says, uh, they don't say your name. I don't think I'm going to read what they say about you and some of their criticism. Is it a good photo? It's a great uh, photo. Yeah, you look very serious. Yeah, you're, the, the, you're, you're, you're shaving, but you have the goatee going on. They say your ideology is primarily alt-light, misogynistic, Islamophobic, transphobic, and anti-immigration. Some members espouse white supremacist and anti-Semitic ideologies and or engage with white supremacist groups. So the first question is, you don't allow women into your organization. We do not. We is have that, an organization that's for women. What's that organization? Proud Boys Girls. All right. Yep. So they say you're misogynists. I, I don't have, right, I think we can get into what they actually write down. Actually, l l let, me, let me do this because they don't actually uh, present anything in that gen generalization. But here's the background. <coughs> the Proud Boys represent an unconventional strain of American right-wing extremism. While the group can be described as violent, nationalistic, Islamophobic, transphobic, and misogynist, misogynistic, its members represent a range of ethnic backgrounds, and its leaders vehemently uh, uh, protest any allegations of racism. Their founder, Gavin McInnes, went so far as to file a defamation lawsuit against the Southern Poverty Law Center when the SPLC designated the Proud Boys a hate group. 
So they, they do point out you have uh, uh, various backgrounds, but they call you violent, nationalistic, Islamophobic, transphobic, and misogyn- misogynistic. So I don't know if you want to have a, di- a, a direct response to you know what they're saying there and then I'll ask you some questions. Okay, so um, I mean, there's a lot of like, a lot of words there to dispel, but um, again, it's like a repetitive answer. We don't care what somebody's race is. We don't care what somebody's religion is. Are jokes crude? Yes. Uh, we joke about all kinds of things. We joke about, we joke about races. We joke. I make fun of myself. I make fun of the white dudes. I always call the, the, like I said earlier, like in my chapter, white is a minority. So, but there's not, there's not like this level of seriousness with us. And I said, we don't take ourselves seriously. We take what we do seriously. I, I take what I do seriously. But we don't take ourselves serious enough where we're not laughing, um, where we're constantly on. I feel like we've been put on like this defense. Um, I just came from AmpFest um, in Miami. And like all the speakers are talking about how uh, how we should be on how the left is doing this, how the left is encroaching on things and how we're not racist. We're not racist. We're not, I'm tired of that. Like we, in 2016, we were, we were funny. We were on the offense. And I feel like right now getting labeled everything by, by the ADL, Mm -hmm. by the SPLC, which is, is a money mill. You know, they started out, I'm I'm not even going to say, I believe this wholeheartedly, but they were started out with good intention uh, to do away with the Ku Klux Klan, with right? The big dog. And they did. And as the world got more and more peaceful, there was less and less boogeymen and less and less enemies to, to grift off of. So what do they have to do? They have to create these enemies, right? We're not Islamophobic. We're not homophobic. We're not transphobic. We're not any of that. They were trying to, uh, they were trying to, I, I guess make fun of us. I, I didn't, I don't know if you saw that, like the, the pictures they put Prod Boys hashtag and they had like two dudes. Kissing. Oh, right, yeah, right, right. Yeah. Yes, I did. Right. I, I actually, I, I called that out as an, a really good example of the left not understanding what the right is actually talking about it. or doing. Yeah. And I put up a picture of like Gavin making out with Milo. <laughs> oh, I don't know if you saw that. Yes. And, uh, I put that and I put hashtag Prod Boys. And, <laughs> and they thought, they thought, oh, oh, Prod Boys are furious about it. Yeah. Obviously. They have not infiltrated our chats because if they would, they'd be like, oh, well, this is like, this is, this is play school stuff. <laughs> this is, this is the problem we have with the media and they've, you're, 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 Joe Biden made you the chosen boogeyman of, mm-hmm. you know, these groups. And all I thank sudden, him for it. And then they do the media. No, I thank Joe Biden. Oh, why do you thank him? Because <clears throat> people that are going to vote for Biden are going to vote for Biden no matter what. And they're not really actually voting for Biden. They're voting anti-Trump. Right. Um, there's no energy there, but whatever. That's my opinion. Trump supporters are going to vote for Trump no matter what. But these people in the center that are watching, that are actually trying to decide between one candidate or another, um, this thing gets brought up. We're, we're a bigger hit than COVID when COVID should be like one of the main things that both candidates are talking about. Um, Proud Boys comes up in like a little snippet and it suddenly turns into, to, to date, uh, he's, uh, the Biden camp has sent 14 ads, email ads for fundraising with Proud Boys names on it, white supremacy and white supremacy. Um, 
Well, those people that are watching to, to figure out what side that, which person that they're going to vote on, they come up with proud boys and they're like, Oh, okay. Well, these guys must be bad because Biden just mentioned them. Well, when you go ahead and you Google and just on the surface, I know that there's like our, our Wikipedia page is edited by Antifa. <sighs> um, but you do just a little bit of digging and they'll understand who we are. Plus, um, and I'll say this, I think first on your show, uh, I have 160 guys in my chapter, in my South Florida chapter. I have 345, which is the last time I checked, 345 applications to join my chapter alone. And that is something that has expanded across the country. It's the same thing all over the place where they have more people in vetting in the vetting process than they do in their chapter. He has grown our numbers exponentially. Wait, wait. You're saying Joe Biden... Yes. Has grown your numbers by, yes, but the, and and I think they're happy too. I think Joe Biden's very happy that to hear that. Yeah, uh, well, he's, he's probably fundraising. Uh, he wants a lot of money. Well, he wants a boogeyman. Yeah, right. They I, need I, one. Like I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people who have been yelling at me in the comments because you know I've been asking you a lot of these questions and you know giving some 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 critique and pushback. And I'm sure there's a bunch of people on the left who are saying I'm not nearly hard enough. But the I think obviously the media the way they frame what the Proud Boys are who you are is very clearly <laughs> fake news. I think when I look at the Anti-Defamation League, they got a bunch of citations and sources for various Proud Boys. And so I'll, I'll get into that. I think they're taking a left critical view of you. Some, mm -hmm. some of these things like transphobic, for instance, mm -hmm. I, I think it's fair to say there are, uh, from a left perspective, there are probably a lot of instances <coughs> where they could call you a transphobic. My bathroom uh, at my office has a, has a piece of artwork from Sabo. That has like half man, half woman. It says it, right? Well, there you go. I do it as a joke. Do I treat uh, people that are uh, transgender different? No, I don't. Do I like joking about things? Yes, of course. But at the end of the day, it's what your actions are, not what your words are. Unless they're words, unless they're like very strong words. Like I, I, I say something because you're trans. You get me? I don't do that. And my guys don't do that. Well, there there are certain people, Proud Boys, uh, that are a little spicier than normal. Yeah, you can't control them. You know, they'll they'll go on TV or they'll be at a park or they'll say something, and that reflects on all of you. Of course, that's as a group. Yes, it's 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 probably as. You know, you could run PR for one person. It's very easy, but running a PR for an entire group, you know, is scary. But let me tell you something. Uh, we're not what the media describes us as. Uh, I have the best group of guys that I have ever met. Okay. And I have never myself. The only time that I've experienced like racism is when somebody drops the end bomb on me uh, from the other side hmm. or calls me a coon or calls me uncle Tom. But I've seen my guys, my I've guys. Yeah. My guys have never even like referred to me anywhere close to what, what they have. Yes, are we crude? Are we everybody's cup of tea? Absolutely not. We cuss like sailors, and it's taking everything inside of me not to cuss right yes. now. Thank you. Um, I uh, I was in Portland, and I saw a black proud boy, and Antifa was screaming the N-word and other words at him, and it was just like shockingly gratuitous. And he snapped. Uh, he snapped. He pulled away from the group of uh, the Trump supporters who were marching, and he went to cross the street through the police line. And I saw another proud boy run up, grab him, hug him, put his forehead to him and said, don't let them get to you. 
we're brothers, your race doesn't matter, you're here with us, ignore them. I was, I, I gotta say, it was shocking to hear the racial slurs being spouted by Antifa. There's a video of it, actually, where, uh, I'm pretty sure I have that video published on my channel somewhere. It's, I have too many videos. But there's also a video of Antifa in Portland screaming the N-word and racial slurs at uh, ICE agents. So I've seen that, and I've wondered why it is the media doesn't call that out specifically, because for all the criticism anyone or I could give to the Proud Boys, that's a criticism that needs to be said of Antifa and, and, and these other far-left extremists. Wouldn't that video, wouldn't those videos, because I have, I have videos like that, wouldn't those videos put them on the SPLC's radar? You'd think. Because the SPLC says that we haven't classified Antifa because they're not they don't discriminate based on race, but here we are. I have a whole bunch of those videos. You said that you have some, and I know my guys have a whole bunch. Oh yeah. Um, I think I, I get I get called Uncle Tom all the time. No, but I I, I understand that the left doesn't take you know issue with that racial slur. Of course not. But no, they were saying the N word. They were screaming it. Yeah. And I was just like, I could, I was standing there like I knew these people were nasty, but that was like they wanted a fight. They wanted a fight, and they wanted to trigger this guy. And it almost worked. And uh, man, I couldn't believe it. But uh, bringing this up, we, I, I have, a, 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 I think, one of the most important stories. Proud Boys, Black Lives Matter leaders meet to denounce white supremacy. And it looks like we have uh, two Proud Boys as well as a black woman with a Black Lives Matter shirt on. And I'm not entirely sure. It looks like one of the Proud Boys is white, but the other uh, appears to be uh, non-white of some sort. I really hate that they've racialized everything. I hate that I have to bring it up. I have to talk about it. It really is frustrating and annoying and absurd. But I think it's important to point this story out. This is from 17newsmystateline.com. They say, Salt Lake City, leaders of a local chapter of both Proud Boys and Black Lives Matter met to denounce white supremacy last week. After they were mentioned at the first presidential debate, the Proud Boys said their safety is threatened when people believe they are white supremacists. Quote, I will go out and say that the Proud Boys as a whole I will say this on behalf of the entire national organization, denounce white supremacy. The chief of the, uh, of the Proud Boys Salt Lake, Utah chapter, who only gave the name Thad, said, Fox 13 reported, we are in no way, shape or form white supremacists. We have a vetting system that gets those people out of our hair. We do not have anything to do with white supremacy. We do not have anything to do with the Ku Klux Klan. We denounce those organizations. Then we have uh, here's, uh, another quote from... They, uh, Proud Boys met with Jakari Kelly, the leader of Black Lives Matter Northern Utah, which is not affiliated with Black Lives Matter Utah, saying, I had no idea who the Proud Boys were. I heard the words Proud Boys mentioned throughout the activist community, and I just didn't know who they were. And then I started to hear they were white supremacists. Kelly met with Thad and Proud Boys chapter president Seth to discuss myths about both groups. We came to realize we had more in common than not. In order to combat evil and racism and hatred in this country, we do need to be able to reach across the aisle and have these tough conversations that everybody is scared to have. Kelly said the Proud Boys she met are not white supremacists and said they were proud American men who needed a little bit of respect and education in order to bridge the gaps. I don't care what color your skin is. We're all Americans and we need to find a way to come together instead of divide, said Seth. Thad, however, singled out Antifa, which Biden called an idea and not an organization at the debate, saying they are a problem. They are not a, they are not an idea. They are very much an organization. They are in terrorist cells. That's why they say they are not an organization. They function autonomously in cells much like terrorists. According to KUTV, Thad said the SPLC and the ADL along with mainstream media had created a misconception about the group, blaming violence that has taken place at certain Proud Boys events on provocations by Antifa. They go on to mention uh 
you know, where where the the, the Proud Boys were found with Kevin McInnes. And I just want to uh, point out <laughs> that uh, to hear a, a Black Lives Matter uh, leader saying, I don't know who this group is, I'm going to meet with them, and then saying, no, they just need some education and some respect, but they're proud American men, I think really uh, shows the media is constructing much of the narrative. If you're, if you're going to have a Black Lives Matter leader actually come out and vouch for you guys, I think that's powerful. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, we saw something interesting as Thad calls out Antifa. I think this is important. Just the other day, a Black Lives Matter activist ratted on Antifa. Antifa was planning a flash mob in, I believe it was Portland. And a Black Lives Matter activist said, stop using Black Lives Matter to disguise your activism. And apparently alerted the police who, as soon as the group formed, within minutes, surrounded them on all sides and arrested every single one of them. So this is Antifa getting arrested essentially because Black Lives Matter tipped them off. I wonder if the real problem in this country is the far left provocateurs and extremists who who are attacking Trump supporters, conservatives, who are essentially acting with impunity when these DAs just cut them loose across the country. And we've seen numerous videos where Black Lives Matter activists call them out. There was one where some black women were yelling at some white Antifa women who were spray painting. And then you have these white women saying, oh, no, we're doing it for you. But they're damaging, you know, the black community. I guess I bring all this up because uh, following the story, I'm curious what your thoughts are on Black Lives Matter, especially in context in, in this context and with Antifa. There's some overlap between the riots with Black Lives Matter and, and Antifa as well. So I was I was actually going to make a press release before um, I came on the show last week about this. I haven't spoken about this, and this is actually the first time I'm going to speak about this. But our uh, our Salt Lake chapter was uh, has been in talks, right, with trying to like make amends with certain groups. And um, Jakari uh, met with Thad, and they had private conversations. And they they uh, he called me, and he's like, hey. I'm doing this and this is something that I think is uh, important. We're not, we're clashing a lot, but I think we could make amends somehow. Um, so after our 26 rally, I actually took some time out of our festivities that night to meet with Jakari. And, um, it started out as a very volatile situation where we didn't agree with each other at all, but there was something in common that we had. And before I say that, um, I think the BLM movement, right? The premise that it was started on, on police brutality, I think is something that everybody should vibe with. Yep. I think police brutality is bad, period. Um, it's not something that our group focuses on as much, but we respect that other groups are focused on that. Um, but there is some overlapping things that both groups have, right? Um, two of our tenants, which should be, I, I, I feel like they should be conservative values, but usually they're not portrayed that way, is the closure of private prisons. I was in prison for some time for a white-collar crime. I deserved all 10 months of what I got. And another thing is the failed drug war. And we, both groups, at least at that point, we could disagree on everything else, and we do. We do, because it was a very, again, it was a very volatile situation in the beginning, but we got past it. And I've been on the legislative side of things for, for a little bit of time. Um, so the first step was getting together and making those amends. And so after that meeting, they met a couple of more times. Um, and they actually had a press conference that had nothing to do with the debate at all. 
This was already, this was, this was already planned. And, uh, I know that we're, we were going to catch crap by both sides. We always catch crap from the left, but we knew we we're going to catch crap for, for working with BLM. But it's beyond that. There's something wrong with the judicial system in this country. And our guys, I feel strongly that our guys in New York got the short end of the, sh the shaft there. And it's because of that broken system. So our next phase is working together on getting some type of something passed through the legislator on something that we disagree on. And that's imagine as a legislator, even like a freshman legislator, you got the Proud Boys and BLM walk in and they come together and they want to present something that is either anti-drug war or towards private prisons, uh, something that's pro-liberty. So that's why we met and we feel like bridging that gap is important when needed. And their movement has also been co-opted by anarcho-communists that aren't there for George Floyd, that aren't there for uh, Breonna Taylor, that aren't there for any of those. They're just there to crash this system. They're there. They think they're role-playing these revolutionaries. And I'm here to tell you right now, those people, Antifa, they're victims. They're victims to a system that has failed them. They're victims to a media that has told them to hate people because of, of their values. To me, white pride groups, right? They're prideful of things. You get me? You ask them, hey, how do you feel about black or brown people? And they're like, well, well, I hate them. You have to ask me, hey, I denounce all those things, but go ahead and ask them to denounce communism and they'll, they embrace it. I mean, they I, love it. I can't get, uh, I've asked some of my staunch, you know, pro Biden friends. I shouldn't say pro Biden, anti Trump is probably a better way to put it. Denounce Antifa. They won't. They literally won't do it. It's the weirdest thing to me. And this, and I think this is a, a big indicator of something, you know, happening in this country. I don't know if Donald Trump's going to win. I think there's a lot of reasons to think he will. The data is completely against him. But there's a group of people in this country, former liberals, politically homeless, who have absolutely no problem saying white supremacy is horrifying, evil, wrong, should be denounced totally, beyond totally, just get rid of all of it. And Antifa is bad, too, because they're violent authoritarians who go around burning down people's buildings. How, why is it so difficult for people on the left who are voting against Trump to denounce Antifa? I don't know. I don't, I wish I had a clear answer to that, but they've created this system. They've, they've made them their foot soldiers. You get me? Um, I think they've taken so long to do it that even, uh, Don Lemon the other day called him out on it because of the polls. He saw the poll numbers and he's like, well, Democrats aren't doing good. These riots. I mean, the two oh, yeah. biggest things that were going on in the country this past year, besides all the craziness that 2020 has brought <laughs> is COVID and riots. Mm -hmm. Right. And Democrats, imagine you're a business owner. I'm a, I've been a small business owner my entire life. Um, imagine that you get shut down for three months while Walmart, Amazon, all these major corporations are making billions and your little coffee shop gets shut down and you're in the middle of Portland. I love going back to Portland because it's like the, the epicenter of this. And they go ahead and, and they shut you down. The city government shuts you down. You have no way of putting food on the table. Uh, Democrats are taking forever to sign like these, uh, these, uh, what's it called? The stimulus things. Um, and then you're finally able to open up. You're in phase two. You're opening up. You're doing Uber Eats. 
And then here comes Antifa, and they go ahead and they throw a Molotov cocktail through your window and burn down the entire thing. Like, how are you going to feel? You're going to feel like shit. Sorry. <laughs> yes, you it's will. One. Uh, you're gonna feel like you're gonna feel like crap because you everything that you've worked for, and they tell me, oh well, you 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 think of pr uh, property before people. That's somebody's sweat and tears. That's food on the table for your kids, right? That's that's your future. You're building a future for your family, and somebody comes and the government comes and takes it away from you, and then this anarcho communist group takes it away from you, and that's why I think Trump's gonna win. I think Trump's gonna win because he's been calling out these shutdowns he's been calling out these riots since day one we've been screaming about it for four and a half years we said it's going to ramp up we said that they're going to get worse so here's here's the important distinction i'll make now with uh, as it pertains to anti-fund black lives matter the overlap these extremists these anarcho-communists i wouldn't i don't i don't think it's fair to call them anarcho-communists i think they're authoritarian communists yeah. anarcho-communists are hippies who right. live on a farm you know smoke Maybe pot and share some watermelon above. anarcho Communists, no, it's so confusing. Authoritarian. No, no, they're, no. They're seizing the anarchy. They're taking advantage of it. But I think they do want authority. I think anybody who's willing to use violence to get what they want is an authoritarian who will retain that use of that power because they never feel they won. That's like a, a common theme with these people. They're like, if only I can just win, then I'll make everything right. They use violence. They win. And they say, well, it's, we're not done with the mission yet. We've got to. And so they do these things. But one thing I've said often is that I don't like calling the rioters Antifa because they're flying Black Lives Matter flags. Now, you've mentioned they've co-opted it. Yes. But then they do attract a lot of people who are not communists, who are just racial justice activists, who mm -hmm. fly the flag of Black Lives Matter for Black Lives Matter, but they've been radicalized or brought in by, you know, revolutionary communist types. So confusing. Yeah, definitely. So confusing. The, uh, the Black Lives Matter and Antifa kind of just escalated together with COVID, yep. the COVID thing. And then everybody started losing their jobs and people went out on the street. First thing they did was like loot buildings and to take things that they couldn't afford that's not that's well, not true. or things that they have always wanted like people walking out with shoe boxes of shoes they were there was like one video of someone carrying one shoe yeah, it's not about it wanting looting. Well, it was looting it was about well, coming up making well, money yeah well they did it in miami they hit like the like the highest like mall that they had there and they like pulled out like a whole bunch of like gucci bags and jordans and and i don't know how that honors like you're out there for George Floyd and racial justice. I mean, how how does that even begin to honor the system? And as a matter of fact, they're making it worse. The defund the police thing—they're making it worse. It's like they're training them to 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 quell protests. Like they're they're basically they're giving them free training to do this. And just imagine now. Here's here's another thing you could imagine. So imagine you're a Portland police officer. You're sitting there with like a hundred pounds of gear on you, right? You got no days off. Like today's a riot, so you can't take the day off. And your buddies are lined up. And these people, this, this green haired whale is like screaming at you, right? And, uh, some other dudes like throwing water at you and pointing lasers in your eyes. Mm. And then your buddy next to you, he gets hit with a Molotov cocktail, which almost happened. He gets hit with a Molotov cocktail. You got to turn off your buddy. The night shifts over. These the the riots have have quelled. I don't know where they go. Um, they probably go under the bridge or something. But these riots have quelled. And then you you're in the locker room, right? You're in the locker room at the police station, and you're taking off all this gear. And your buddy's there. He's burnt all over the place. And what do you think that they just created? They created probably the strongest brotherhood 
that you could imagine. Like these two guys right here that stood next to each other, like they're gonna they're gonna ride together. You know, right? and they they're creating this this system that's already there. They're creating this system that's gonna be really volatile if it continues to progress. They're not defunding the police. They're arming them. They're the, absolutely that that connection is even worse than militarizing police. Well, I think they're uh, arming them is the is the correct way to phrase it. I've warned about this so long as the far left keeps going out smashing windows with impunity. Amer- the American people are going to keep asking for more law and order, more powers for the police, more powers for the federal government. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to get to a point where we have, you know, officer friendly back. We don't want we don't want I don't want cops to feel like they're going to get shot. I don't want them to feel like they need an armored vehicle. But it's gotten to that point because the far left escalates, goes crazy. And so I had, a, I had an interesting conversation actually on this show with some of the super chats saying, you know, how would you envision demilitarization? What does that mean? What what weapons do they use are militarized? And I think the issue is just this, uh, you know, as I said, you've got these officers, they wear this full on tactical armor. Often they're, you know, it's camo gear. So it looks like they're in the army. They've got rifles or it looks like they're in some kind of combat situation. They have armored vehicles they ride around on and it doesn't look like officer friendly. And the response I got was if Antifa is shooting people, if they're throwing Molotovs, if they're throwing bricks and riders are doing this, don't the officers need to protect themselves? And the answer is yes. So then it seems like there is no real reasonable way to, you know, demilitarize as many left-wing activists say, I still think that we can, uh, I think we need more funding for police. I think defund is the wrong thing. I think if they want social workers and they want better trained community policing, they need more money. The cops need better pay. The cops need better training. The cops need to feel valued. And what they're doing is the opposite of that. So they're making angry cops. They're, they're making cops demand more protective gear and more, more, uh, weapons, more they're techniques. making it a team sport. But more importantly, they're may, uh, it's, it's not, you, you tell the story of these two cops. You know, they come in the locker room, they're taking their gear off. And then the one guy says to the other, I'm like, I saw that woman scream in your face, dude. And he's like, I know. And then they, they kind of chuckle. It's all over. Then they go home to their wives and their kids. And he sits down on the couch and he's like, what happened at work? Some lady's screaming on my face. These Antifa people are crazy. The wife gets angry and she's like, I can't believe they would do this to you. The kids hear it. The kids get mad. They tell their friends. Antifa is spreading hate. You know, these cops are people, they have families, they have friends, they go to the bar, they talk. People hear these things, people care about them. Antifa showing up and doing everything you said, spinning on them, splashing them, being nasty, being awful. It's spreading hatred. Now, I understand there are some bad cops and there's police brutality. And these, we have laws for that. They go to jail. I do believe that we've got police culture problems because I've personally experienced an officer lying under oath to try and convict, falsely convict somebody, hopefully, uh, um, Thankfully, I had footage proving the cop lied. There was no, there was no penalty for the cop who lied. So I'm, I, I think we need reforms. I think we need to make sure we get justice when police commit crimes like perjury or literal crimes, murder or otherwise. And I think cops need to be better funded, better trained. And we need, I, I like the idea of some kind of social worker that the, 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 you know, the defund the police people have brought up, but they're going in the wrong direction with it. They're saying defund the police, take that money and hire social workers. And I'm like, but then you have, you know, a vulnerability that social, social worker can't handle every situation a cop can keep the same amount of cops, send a social worker with them for certain situations. And that social worker can deal with cer- certain issues because we, we have seen positive results. But taking money away from the police just makes everything more tense, more dangerous, increases anxiety. You end up in New York where you've got a billion dollars slashed off the NYPD budget, murder, skyrocketing, shootings, lethal crime. Yep. So I don't know. You want to add anything to that? Because I got another story we can we can jump into. 
Um, no, wait, let's, let's jump into that. I think we've hit that. Uh, Donald, Donald Trump has denounced you, my friend. Donald Trump I know. condemns the Proud Boys, white supremacists in Fox News interview. After days of appearing to equivocate on the matter, U.S. leader says, let me be clear. I condemn the KKK. I condemn white supremacists. I condemn Proud Boys. I've said it many times. Let me be cl- clear again. I condemn the KKK, Trump said Thursday night, referring to the Klan. I condemn all white supremacists. I condemn the Proud Boys, referring to the extreme right quasi-militia that has affiliations with anti-Semitism and white supremacists. The president said his condemnation would be ignored by the fake media. Trump is the first president. Uh, Trump in the first presidential debate with Joe Biden failed to condemn white supremacists. Well, I think it's it's actually I'm going to stop right there and say it's incorrect. He did say sure three times, although I wouldn't call it a very strong denunciation. I think it's fair to point out Trump has denounced white supremacy numerous times, and it's kind of absurd to ask him over and over again. But uh, following this, during the debate, he said, Proud Boys, stand back and stand by. I believe that was, was that the quote? That was the quote. So we'll start with that. Uh, there were some messages that were put out of, I think it was like you, Joe Biggs. Is, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Joe Biggs is a Proud Boy? Yes. And you guys were celebrating. Of course we were celebrating. Well, Joe, didn't Joe Biggs say something? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. He said it's, he's essentially, you know, been giving you the green light to go, you know, smash people up or something like that. So Joe has been known to be somebody that, that says things he put, he got banned for saying like death to Antifa. And he's, uh, he's a two time Purple Heart recipient. Doesn't mean that, uh, he could say things, but, uh, he's a firebrand. And, uh, when, when you said, actually, b- before I get into that, when you said that quote, where, where's that? What, what news outlet was that from that quoted the president on saying the denounced thing? The one I'm reading right now? Yeah. It's the Times of Israel. Okay. I find it funny that they cut it off there. Now, the president unequivocally, to me, he denounced the Proud Boys, right? But there was a quote that he said, that, that's not the end quote of, of what he said. He said, I denounce the KKK. I denounce white supremacy. I denounce the Proud Boys. I don't know who they are, but I denounced that was what the, pro- what the president said. And, um, instantly I started getting calls from the media and people were asking, uh, um, you know, Oh, how, how do you feel about the, the president denouncing you? And as a matter of fact, like I sat back and I was objective about it and I'm like, a lot of people wanted me to say F the president, you know, forget it. He threw us under the bus or whatever. The the fact is that we've never, the Proud Boys have never needed the president to either avow or disavow or denounce us. We've always been who we are, unapologetic about it. And I think um, that should not change my standing. It shouldn't change like how I feel about somebody or his policy. I didn't feel, there's a lot of times that I disagreed with the president. I disagreed with the president on bump stocks. I disagreed with the president with the Dakota Access Pipeline. I disagreed with the president on numerous things. And just because I disagree with him here, because I don't think he has all the facts or had all the facts when he said that, uh, when he said he denounced us, it doesn't change my support for uh, not only the president, but my values as a whole. I'm not going to jump ship. I'm not going to go, Hey, uh, I'm pro Joe Biden now because the president denounces. I don't care about that. And actually the guys didn't. And I was checking our chats right after the, the president was denounced. I'm like, man, the guys are going to, these guys are like having a ball. They're like, Oh, well, we should change our name instead of proud boys. Let's call ourselves the, the denounce boys. And like these guys can make a joke out of anything. They don't need, they don't need somebody. We don't hold the president on a pedestal. We, we, I 
I've been supporting the president since day one, but that doesn't mean that we hold like one person as an authoritarian figure here. This whole thing's a, an entire movement with different facets. So when the president said, let's go back now, let's go back to, to the debate, the actual debate, that the fact that we got mentioned at the first debate for us was exciting. I was with my family. I'm watching TV and they start talking about Portland. I'm like, no, no, he's not going to say it. He's not. Gonna. I'm like on the edge of my seat. And then Biden was the one that said it. And we were excited. Right. So I put a whole bunch of, I put my, on my parlor post, I went ahead and, uh, and I put standing by and Biggs as always. And he actually corrected that and cleared the record on what he said. Um, and we had fun with it. It took a little while for me for like the, the adrenaline to rush off to really make, uh, for, for me to be, become objective and say, well, this isn't the president. This isn't an endorsement of the proud boys by the president. It wasn't. The president was asked a very pointed question. He was asked about militias. He was asked about white supremacy. And when, Biden stuck his nose in and said, proud boys, the president said, and he was actually answering part of Chris Wallace's question, which was to tell these groups to stand down. I don't know why Chris Wallace thought that this guy is like the president of white supremacy and militias. Uh, but he was, I think it was also uh, part of a gaffe that the president had at the time. And he said, stand back, stand by. Yeah. Now, if I want to break that down, the stand back part, the stand back, like you said, and I agree with you. We should stand back and let the police do their job, right? And we've stood back many times. We stood back three days before that on Saturday. We stood back and we let cops do their jobs. We had a cool little barbecue. We had like fireworks, a big giant American flag. Um, and then the, the more controversial part is the standby, you know? And everybody was like, oh, yep. what did he mean by standby? And the way he said it, stand back and stand by. Yeah. Like, like we're like some type of, like the media picked it up. Like we're some type of militia or, um, like we're, we're waiting and they took it because it was, it was, he's, he's, ref I guess he, they said that he refused to say if he would accept the election results. And they think that we're like a force that's ready to pounce right can, when that can, happens. Can I just point out the absurdity having seen proud boys and having seen say like the oath keepers or three percenters or like, you know, actual militias or at least, you know, militia type individuals. The absurdity of, you know, w when you see groups like the Oath Keepers with three percenters, they're wearing armor, they've got you know, tactical gear, they've got rifles, and the Proud Boys are wearing those, you know, Fred Perry or whatever is Fred Perry is that what it's called? It, it is Fred polo Perry. shirts, yeah. and they're and they're you know this is what I, what I often say is there's a lot of things the proud boys are a lot of things you can criticize them for a lot of things but if the proud boys say they're having a rally and and they have their rally and antifa doesn't show up then the proud boys get drunk and they go home and nothing happens yes if antifa shows up then fights and it's usually antifa coming and that's why that's where the earlier criticism came in with like if you go to antifa's place mm -hmm. hold a rally but uh, i want to i want to i want to ask you what's your stance on dakota access pipeline um I disagreed with them because I, I believe that, and I, I think I even disagree with people that were for, uh, against the Dakota Access Pipeline also. I think personally, for, as an individual liberty, I don't think that a pipeline, they should take away property from, I don't, I don't care if they were, uh, indigenous people. I, I don't care where they were from. To me, they, they were Americans and they were, they were taking away property from Americans to basically give it to a corporation is really what it was. And to me that that was completely wrong and that shouldn't have happened. Wow. Yeah. 
So, but does that would that put you more in alignment with these, you know, leftist protesters saying no DAPL? If that if that puts me in alignment, then by all means, fine. I see it as a constitutional issue where you're, the government's coming in and seizing property, eminent domain. It sounds yes. like you're anti-fascist. Yes, <laughs> and right, they have all too. these cool words. I hate that. I know, semantic have, arguments. They have. They're like, well, you're anti-antifa. <laughs> you know what that means? Uh huh. No, that doesn't mean I'm a fascist, dude. It's not. And and liberals, you know, it's a, it's a, that's also like a so, really so, cool word. Well, it's like liberty. Well, you know? well, well, I got I to clarify something. I was told that um, Antifa just means anti-fascist. So if you oppose fascism, you are Antifa. Is that correct? It used to. Yes. Now well, it's a group. Oh, come on. Don't label me right now. No, you're not Antifa. Don't label me right now. You know where I'm going with go this? Go ahead. Go ahead. Spit it out. Do, do the Proud Boys uh, reject fascism? Yes, I actually, I just said it like 15 minutes ago. Right, I right. denounce yeah, fascism. Yeah. Do, yes. Is, 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 are the Proud Boys anti-fascist? <laughs> I'm going to, can I cuss so they can beep it up? <laughs> no, don't do it. Yes, do it. yes. Technically, yes, the Proud Boys are anti-fascist. Only but technically. It's, it's because, well, it's because we're anti-anything big government. We're not anti-government. That's another thing that people got confused. We're not anti-government. We're for minimal government. Anti-authoritarian. I'm sorry. I'm yes. sorry, but based on Joe Biden's logic, the Proud Boys are an anti-fascist organization. Well, based on Joe Biden's logic, he also said that if you don't for, vote for me, you ain't black. Yeah, that's right. And then he called me a white supremacist. <laughs> Good stuff. So to him, to him, look, uh, I give him the benefit of the doubt. To him, it makes sense in his world because yeah. I am not black. I, I, I just can't, you know, uh, I don't want to say the guy's name, but there's a very high profile left-wing activist who is like a Black Lives Matter activist who's not actually black, uh, yeah. but he says he is, and he called me a neo-Nazi. Oh. And, I, and the, so I, I tweeted, everyone's like hitting me up. They're like, did you see this dude? He's got a million followers. He said Tim Pool is a white supremacist. And I was like, the dude's whiter than I am. So I just tweeted, you know, the dude's whiter than me. It's, hmm. the, it's the weirdest thing. I can't stand it. I, I grew up, uh, I grew up living in this world where, you know, I was told we won that fight. Race didn't matter. Mm. The civil rights, Martin Luther King Jr., all that good stuff, discrimination, it was illegal. It still exists. Racism still a problem, but we've won that fight and now we have the law on our side. I grew up with people of a bunch of different racial backgrounds. We, we even had some immigrant, we, we had one kid was from Poland. He was an immigrant. One kid, you know, Hispanic, spoke Spanish. We had uh, some Asian immigrants. We had some people who are various mixed race and it never occurred to us. We did have one kid who would call everybody by their racial slur. <laughs> and that, but it was like a South Park era thing, you know? And so to us, it was actually kind of funny because we were all equally insulted. But we, we, I grew up thinking like none of this actually matters. And that took that power away. And it wasn't until we started seeing the rise of this left, the, the, the identitarian, the intersectional, uh, leftists, where all of a sudden now you have to qualify, you have to explain what your race is. You have white people claiming they're black and then insulting non-white people as white supremacists. You've got white people calling Candace Owens, a black woman, a white supremacist, calling yes. a Jewish man, Ben Shapiro, a, ne a Nazi. Mm -hmm. It's just it, nothing seems to make sense anymore. And, and I don't know what their goal is in this. But to throw it back to Joe Biden, like he said, you know, if you don't vote for him, you ain't black. And then he said, you are a white supremacist. I think when... um when people become Puritans, right? Because that's what we're fighting. We're we're fighting uh, the when the, revol the American Revolution started. We're fighting Puritans. We're they were trying to tax our sin. 
So they've become, and now in 2020, they've become such Puritans that they're infighting, like you said, like these and these BLM groups are ratting out the Antifa groups because they've made this like ecosystem of like perfection. And a perfect example is there's a researcher that researches Proud Boys, right? I'm not going to mention her by name. And uh, she's done like all this CV paperwork and and all this research on the Proud Boys and how we're fascists and stuff like that. And then come to find out, that's in her application um, for school, she was, she put like, she's African American and got like a scholarship or something from there. And when her friends found out and said, and then she had been telling everybody that she's like Italian, Sicilian, right? Which the Moors. Yeah. Uh, but they like hit her so hard that they forced an apology out of her. And actually now her, her research is worthless. Um, so this Puritan thing, they eat each other alive and they have been eating each other alive. And I think it's, I think it's great entertainment. I think it's, uh, some of these things you do have to just sit back and just watch them. It's, it's almost like a zombie apocalypse when the zombies have finally like eaten everybody. There's no one left to eat. So they got to eat themselves. Mm-hmm. When cancel culture was coming after everybody and they canceled everybody inside, they start going after dead people. Like, a, I don't know if you saw Bill Burr's SNL monologue. Yeah. He's like, they're trying to cancel John Wayne. Dude's been dead since like the 70s or something. He's like, yeah. well, they got to do something. Can you believe what he said? No, no, he's not, not since the 70s, but he was, like, he was like, can you believe what John Wayne said in 1970? It's like, yeah, that's what people used to say. Yeah. It was, the, the, it was a really, really great monologue, in my opinion, because he, he kind of took the piss out of everybody. He, he, he you know, he gave it to, he, he insulted everybody a little bit, but he specifically calls out cancel culture and then got offensive with his comedy. You know, he, he, he did it perfectly to where he wasn't directly targeting the group, but he kind of was poking fun at certain groups and they start calling for his cancellation. Of course. But I feel like we, we've already come to this point where, I mean, they've canceled all they can cancel. I mean, what are they going to do? They cannot. There is nothing that you can cancel me on. Absolutely you? nothing. Yes. You can't cancel me on anything anymore. I've been canceled. <laughs> Look, listen, this, you're might, banned from this, everything. this might take an hour for oh, me to, to actually process all of these. But I'm kidding. But I've been canceled off of the big three social media platforms and multiple times. I'm on my like 19th Twitter account. I just made another one today. Um, PayPal. Airbnb. I never used Airbnb, by the way. Huh. I just use it to browse properties and they ban me for hate speech. I have Weird. the screenshot of the email. Um, Coinbase, which is crypto. Coinbase Commerce. Uh Chase Bank, my bank, I work with Project Veritas and we uncovered that Chase Bank uh, deleted my account because, and I was doing business with them even before they were Chase Bank. I actually, I actually covered that. I got leaked an email from yeah. somebody who worked at the bank yeah. that they, they terminated the, the so I got to be careful here. It's been a while since I covered the story, but I was sent a bunch of private information. I released only a little bit of it and it seemed to me that they had banned you out of a fear of bad public relations, bad PR. Yes. And so that was it. And uh, and that's what they do. They they make a PR nightmare for these big companies. They get like on their Twitter and they hammer their Twitter until and they probably don't want to cancel me, but they're like, I, we don't want the PR nightmare in there. They take me off. But <clears throat> I was the craziest one was, the, and the, it was like two weeks ago. They they banned me off Mailchimp, right? Which is normal because Mailchimp does ban conservatives all the time from sending emails. But th- there was. I had a very unique situation. So I was thinking about getting MailChimp. So I added 
their extension, their website extension to my website, right? So I never got around to creating an account. I just had the extension. And, you know, you have to buy, you have to put like your license number in so it works or whatever. And um, I just had it on my website. And Antifa went ahead and saw the, like the CSS code on my website that I had MailChimp. And they, they started banging on MailChimp's door. Hey, you got to deplatform the fascist. Well, MailChimp responded and said that they have canceled my account for a terms of service violation. I never had a MailChimp account. Like they virtue signaled in order to, in order to like get the mob to calm down. And the same thing happened with PayPal. Wait, wait, wait. They, they claimed that they banned your account? Yes. And you didn't have one? I didn't have one. That's a false statement of fact. Yeah. And they put it on a tweet. That's interesting. I think that that might be clear cut defamation. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm working on a couple of, of, uh, I'm working on a couple of things right now. Um, MailChimp is probably there, but it's at the bottom of the barrel when we're thinking about things. But we're going to, I'm, I'm going to go after, we we and I are going to go after all these corporations. You can't, you can't donate to the Proud Boys. You can't just go to our website and be like, oh, I want to give them a hundred dollars. We've, we're, we're going to, we're pretty much, I think that we're going to keep it that way for a very long time. We're self-funded. Um, no matter where I go, I don't, I make sure that nobody pays for my stuff. So nobody says, Hey, well, I paid for this or I paid for that. And that's the same thing with all proud boys. Um, but like these lawsuits, since we're self-funded, like people are like, Oh, well, why didn't you, why didn't you sue chase? Why didn't you sue this? Or why didn't you sue that? Well, we don't have the money to do it right now, but I think Joe Biden has given us an opening. I think Joe Biden has given us an opening to go ahead and push these. What is your website? Uh, ProudBoysUSA.com and 1776.shop. Well, you you can't donate to Proud Boys, but we sell merchandise through 1776.shop. And that's like the only way that you could. Uh, but you can't like directly donate. You can't like that money goes nowhere. Do you sell that shirt? Yeah, actually, yes. I actually printed this shirt because I was uh, to get on this podcast. and. I like um it. But yeah, I'll have that on there too as of tomorrow. But I, uh, we're entre- one of our main tenets is glorify the entrepreneur. Hmm. And, um, and we believe that if, if we're going to get money out of something, we're going to sell something. We're going to sell a product. We're going to sell a service or things like that. And that's, that's one of the re- main reasons why I joined the Pride Boys. It's the entrepreneurship. I, I believe that, um, and Killer Mike is the one that has this t-shirt line. And I love the saying on it. It says, um, kill your masters, right? And already, like, obviously, the government's overreaching or whatever. But another master that everybody has in their life is their boss. And I feel like you should start by getting a job and learning the ropes. But I think that you should want to build something for yourself. And that's why I joined. I joined because I was already that person. I felt like I needed to strengthen, and I think iron sharpens iron. I learned a lot from just hanging around the guys at the bar. So here's my here's my, here's my like last question before we go to super chats. With Gavin's history of bombastic, threatening or <coughs> offensive things he said, and he's gone way over the line. And oh, yeah. with the the history of the Proud Boys and the and the early on mistakes, why why keep using the name that's been smeared and tainted and has this, has this past and these associations? Why not just do 
something different, make a different group, get rid of all the all of these things explicitly. Because why would we want to play their game? Why would we want to play on their battlefield and be like, oh, well, um, they say that this name is bad, so let's change it. That to me is bending a knee. That to me is like bending to the mob that has labeled us all these things that have been false. Um, like I said before, we're not everybody's cup of tea, but this isn't about everybody. This is about like us and us is as a brotherhood. We put our God, if you're, if you're a religious man, our family and our country, and then comes a brotherhood as an auxiliary thing. But that doesn't mean that any of those are, are something that we're willing to sacrifice just, just to be, just to have a PR stunt. We don't care. It doesn't matter if the president, if the president denounces us a million times, uh, if the mob comes after us, it doesn't matter how many articles that people write about us. We're always, we've built this, we've built this organic thing that hasn't been done before. Many groups have failed. They have too much of a militant structure. We're a very loose structure. We're a very fun. The only way that you can, that this thing can die is if we suck the oxygen out of the room. All right. And we, we take out all the fun that it has. We have fun with each other. And I don't see that dying off anytime soon. I was thinking it's kind of like an example of, of brotherhood is one way you put it, but like giving men meaning, it doesn't have to be men really, but giving people meaning in, in today's culture. We talked, you were talking earlier about how, how great it would be if you could highlight the conversations that people have across the the aisle, like at a, at a rally when the people on the, from Antifa speak with the people from proud boys and they communicate like Jordan Peterson had a great viral video where he was communicating with students that disagreed with them and they were yelling and he was just calmly communicating for 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And he also is focused on giving people meaning. So, I see this kind of this through line of, and I think that Antifa, those people are finding meaning in what they're doing and that, that we're lacking that in culture these days. I don't know why, maybe too much social media, but why there's, why meaning has gone astray for young people or for, for even adults maybe. And that this is a, a type of thing that gives people meaning. Well, so, so I'm, I'm going to tell you, I think, I don't think Gavin, uh, I think in the literal sense, he founded the Proud Boys. But I think he actually found the Proud Boys. And what I mean by that is, to him, it was a joke. I mean, I saw, what, I saw when he went on Rogan and he said it was just some stupid thing from a musical and he was making fun of like, oh, yeah, you can be a Proud Boy too. But I think what he did was he lit the torch for some kind of fraternity. Young men, no, no, no core group, no ideology, no mission, no purpose. And so in a way, there's a similarity between that and, say, Antifa in that I believe Antifa is the left's version of this, that... You have a bunch of people with no purpose, student debt, no mission, no goal in life. They have no idea what they're doing. And so they're indoctrinated into extremist communism, you know, revolution, destruction, rage, violence. And then Gavin gave space to a bunch of young men to punch each other while naming breakfast cereals and getting drunk. Yes. And that's all a lot of these dudes wanted was just hang out, feel masculine and, you know, crack jokes and just not have to worry too much. So I feel like whatever it is you guys represent could have been something else. It could have been called something else. It could have been founded by somebody else. And Gavin just happened to be there at the right time. And that actually ultimately leads to a lot of the, the you know, the ease. I'll call them vulnerabilities. Very obvious things that are crit critiqued and denounced and, de and, and denied and things like that in the media. But that's why I asked, like, you know, why not do something different? I understand your answer. But just to, you know, yeah. make my point is you've got uh, a group of men who you say don't want fascism, don't want authoritarianism. You want to kind of do your thing. You, you're proud of your country. 
And that could be a regular old drinking club that could escape the political connotations of what the Proud Boys name carries. I agree. But the thing is... We feel like celebrating stuff is what it started, right? Uh, and the name is actually, it's a good conversation starter. You know, like imagine he thought of like this really gnarly name, like the, the Patriots of, of, of death, you know, or some, I don't know. I don't know what a cool name would be, but like it's a converse, it's a cool conversation starter. And it isn't about the name. It isn't about, um, the cereals. It isn't about that. It's about like the dude next to you. Um, and just getting out of the house. It's a family thing, right? The biggest thing about Proud Boys is the pro family part of it. It's, it's making, like I said, making better men. And I think that we have, and I think we've done that in a, in a funny way. And I think that we've left an imprint in history. We have done something monumental with small group of guys that started out as a joke have made this monumental change. Um, and whether people like to see it as a positive change or a negative change, that's up to them. I'm not, I'm not the arbiter of that or not, but I know that I love my guys. I know that I have, uh, these guys are hardworking Americans. These guys are carpenters, uh, plumbers, police officers, uh, elected officials. I mean, they come from all walks of life and you know what they don't deserve. They don't deserve the crap that they get from the media, but you know what? At the same time, if they get it, they turn around and they make the best of it. And that's that's why I love this. I think whatever we get in history in the future, it's going to be real weird because the media is so broken. Mm -hmm. I think Wikipedia is the easiest example of how the media's fracturing and, and, and dissol disillusion, I guess, is uh, going to affect how we keep record of, of historical events. You have on Wikipedia... They will use any blog by a 22-year-old intern who wrote some nonsense with no, with no sources, and they'll consider it fact. Yep. And that makes Wikipedia completely – you know, I'll put it this way. The scientific articles, yeah, they have scientific and academic journals. But now we're getting to a point where the pages don't even link together properly because one definition on one page is a leftist one versus a right-wing one, and it's all breaking apart mm -hmm. as we have these, like, two different worldviews now you know coming into focus the leftist worldview 1619 project and then the traditional american historical worldview they can't coexist and so when those two different groups are writing articles on wikipedia it makes no sense so you know ultimately what ends up happening is you'll get you know vox.com uh, progressive outlet will hire some college kid who you know a better example would be the daily beast <coughs> the daily beast is a couple uh, writers that have uh straight up made things up and it's on the record now, historical record, yep. straight up made up stuff. And I've actually reached out to them for comment and they just ignore it. So if you've got these news outlets writing fake news, garbage, and straight up saying, do not do an interview with the Proud Boys, then what is the record of history going to be if they specifically avoid figuring out who people are, what they believe and what they're doing? They're writing history. They're basically right in front of our eyes. They're writing history. And it makes me question a lot of things in the past. But that doesn't mean that we allow them to win. It doesn't mean that we we should let them do it. The, every retraction, again, the, and unlike you, I've sent uh, the Daily Beast many retractions, and they they just ignore my emails. But it's fine with me. I I, I don't care. I don't I mean, need the Daily Beast. I don't need Facebook. I don't need Instagram. I don't need. 
I don't need any of that to to. I'm an activist. Well, so I don't need I don't need none of that to organize. Maybe a lot of people do. I don't. But what's happening now is they're banning people from banks, like you, Mm -hmm. and from other technological services. There's conversations about how we uh, we're going to be moving towards in the future a carless society where individuals don't own cars cars are self-driving and you have an app where you will say here's where i need to go and the car will come to your house you'll get in and it'll drive itself oh we have that already we have we have a service where a driver can come and pick you up yeah so if you get banned from all these services and they're all private then it's only a matter of time before you're locked out as, as it were human rights transportation finance Access to the internet and the use of its services. Mm-hmm. If you're banned from, you know, a, a bunch of these services and they eventually become the only way to do things, then you're out. They've cut you out of society. Mm-hmm. This is why I've always been pro-regulation. I'm, I'm in favor of the government regulating these big tech, cor- these big corporations. It's Me always too. been, it's always, but it's always been the liberals who have been in favor of regulating corporations when they start infringing upon the commons. Until daddy Trump came in. Now no. they're cheering for it. Yep. That's a nightmare dystopia, man. I don't, you know, and, and, and that's, and that's funny too, because I had a lot of people saying like, you know, they're, they're coming after you. They're starting to notice. Cause I got, I think like 110 million views in the past month or something. And I just laugh. Cause like, it, it's weird to me how the media machine works. There's nothing about me that's strong enough for them to actually enrage people with. So it's like, they can't do anything even though they want to. Now, I just, I just don't care, man. You know, I, I don't care. I'll have on whoever. We'll talk about whatever we have to. And if I get banned, I get banned, whatever. We're, we're, we're heading, we're, we're driving off a cliff. It's getting so insane. Seeing, seeing people banned from banks. Yeah, you're right to talk about it because we do need to not let these corporations take control. This could be the last means. podcast we do. Yeah. We, we, we should be overseeing what corporations just since Vanderbilt with his railroads choking New York City, cutting off the transportation in New York City and starving the city, showing what one man can do with his company. It's the same thing with Zuckerberg, Mark, you hear me, and Facebook. <laughs> You're off Facebook. <laughs> and no, you shouldn't, and you know you shouldn't have that level of power. Oh, I'll tell you what. You're, you're, you're banned from Facebook, you said, right? I can't even make a new account. You know they have a Facebook profile. You, you still have one, though. They do? They're called shadow profiles. Oh. Okay. They, they collect all of the peripheral information about you from other people, and they, they craft a profile of you, whether you, whether you signed up oh, or yeah, not. Oh, yeah, that I know. That I know. Yeah, dude, we're, we're, we're you know... It's funny because a lot of the things that we're seeing in terms of uh, autocracy, oligopoly, oligarchy, technocracy, it's like all of these books that we used to read, 1984, Brave New World, Ayn Rand, it's all happening right now, all at once, like crashing into each other. So let me, I'm sorry to cut you off. So let me ask you something. No, that was the point. So you're good. I get the the black-pilled moment. So what's your solution? Uh, People need to speak up. I think Donald Trump needs to win. Right now, those that believe in freedom and uh, liberty, the commons, the right of the individuals within the greater system, of course, uh, are losing. Donald Trump is got a lot of problems, but uh, for what it's worth, he's the last, you know, the, he, we're, we're all hanging from his feet as he's holding on by the fingertips. If he loses and Joe Biden gets in and Joe Biden is... I'll ab- be in prison. Well, you think so? I'll be in prison. Why do you think so? I guarantee you. Why? Because Joe Biden will come and lock you up. I think I think that they've made this public enemy number one. Yeah. Uh, thing, and they'll <clears throat> I don't know they'll they'll 
look, Roger Stone. I said, I said, no, they're not going to pick him up. And then after a little while, I was like, all right, they'll find something to pick him up on. The things that we've and, learned about from Obamagate mm-hmm. should shock anyone who's read anything about it. Yep. The, the latest revelations that Obama was briefed on intelligence that suggests Hillary Clinton may have fabricated the entire Russia hoax that spent across our country millions of dollars that the Mueller investigative team, I think they wiped, what was it, like 30 phones or something? Mm-hmm. Was it 13 or was it 30? 30-something. 30-something phones were wiped. Evidence. Hillary Clinton's emails deleted, wiped out, that these things are happening in this country at a time when massive multinational corporations are silencing the right of American citizens to speak. And I'll tell you what's really crazy. Right now on Reddit, I can go on Reddit, an American website, and go to their politics tab. And when I click one of these comment sections on one of their stories, I will see the little Australian flag next to the commentator, number one, saying Trump is bad. Yep. That person has more of a say in our politics than you do, an American citizen. Yep. That's what these major corporations are doing. And this needs to be regulated. Now, of course, I argue with conservatives all the time because they say no. They say, oh, we can't do it. No, you, argue, you argue with libertarians if it's, if it's uh, I think, conservative, real conservatism, I guess. Uh would be pro-regulating these these corporations if they did believe in free speech. And I'm going to give you a, a, an example, and it's not just free speech, it's free market. What we're living right now, wh- how, what we're living in right now is not free market. It's not at all. I'll give you an example. With my T-shirts, let's say, and this is, this is a complete fabrication of prices, but let's say me and Amazon were to pay the same exact money, $10 for this shirt, and we were to sell it for 20 bucks. So... We have $10 left, but we have to ship the shirt to the customer. Well, I pay $3.50 to ship this shirt through the United States Postal Service, which is a government entity. Do you know how much Amazon pays to ship the same shirt through the USPS system? How much? 36 cents. Yeah. Why is that? I guess. 30 cents. Subsidies. Mm -hmm. Subsidies. That's not free market. That's not helping me. We're not working in a system that helps me. Who's getting rich during COVID? Amazon. Amazon. Amazon's stock price is skyrocketing because they're the only business that can get you what you need because all the stores are shut down. Who's losing? Little Pepe's shop in the corner. And that's, yep. that's it's actually Jose's shop in the corner of my house. I had to shut down. It's a little coffee shop that I've been going to since like 97. Oh, man. Right? And he's had to shut down his his family, that was a pass me down from his family because his family came in the 50s from Cuba before the revolution. And that was a pass me down from uh, his grandfather to his father to his son. It's a little shop. It's a little itty bitty shop. That, and that's how he provided for his family. And that's close. You know, this is what really bugs me about the current state of politics is when, when we complain about massive multi-billion dollar corporations stealing our rights and the feckless politicians who are beholden to them because they want access to donations or because it's just easier, that's the problem we're facing. And you end up with a left that was supposed to oppose massive and rampant corporate abuses, completely agreeing with it, demanding that Trump be banned. They don't care what these companies are doing. Some of them do. They've, a lot of these people have criticized Amazon and Walmart for their stock price skyrocketing during the pandemic. But I don't understand why it is then. You have Donald Trump, who is a wrench in the spokes of the establishment. Take the opportunity. Take the opportunity and, 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 and do something to crush this, this crony corporate system that's been in power for too long that's driving us off a cliff. Otherwise, we're all going to be... You know, like it's gonna be like Wally. We're gonna be sitting in those chairs, morbidly obese, watching ridiculous reality TV, and that and that's what they want. But we're also gonna be giving up ridiculous amounts of control, which we already have done to the likes of Facebook. 
I'll tell you how, one way we can fix the situation, in my opinion, is to free the software code of large social networks. What will that do? If once a network starts getting 100 million people a day, just throwing a random number out there, but some, some large number of tra traffic per day, their software code becomes free. So anyone can pick it up and create a carbon copy of that website, interlinking websites with their own terms of service. So if you wanted to join the Facebook 2 and that terms fit you, then you could be on there. So, so hold, hold on, hold on. You're not talking about freeing up software code. You're talking about federated internet. It yeah. would federate the you're, internet all, in all, a way. Listen, all you're but saying we would is... we use the government to that's, welcome free to, the code. We'd still let the private companies function as private companies. Welcome to antitrust. It would be a form of antitrust. All we need is for our existing antitrust laws to be enforced and for these companies to be shattered. Well, I don't want... No, because then Zuckerberg will just make six new private companies with the same code that no one else gets access to. That's what they did to Rockefeller. About, it's, 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 they, they tried to break up Standard Oil with Rockefeller, and he just made six new Freeing oil companies. Freeing the code doesn't mean anything. Freeing the software code means that I, I or anyone could start their own version of Facebook. And you can do that so, now. No, you the, don't have access to a lot of their of source code. The now, not the, code nerd isn't going to. The, the problem talk I have is I don't this. know how to regulate Amazon, a, a, a tech, a company that's not software based. They, you, what, what, right. Like, See, that's why your solution makes no well, sense. Well, how would you? How would we you, need to break these companies up? Well, you're maybe. talking about an e-commerce shop, which is completely different. Um, but like uh, crypto. You know, we're, we're talking about like, let's start with like the big things like my banking system, which I could have, I know nothing about crypto at all. I actually have a good friend of mine that's actually teaching me right now. And she, uh, she's big on crypto. And, and I think that we, we should get like different platforms that have that same, that decentralized, uh, I think mine is word. one. Mines. I co-founded that. Yeah, he's the... You did? Yeah. Oh, this is... That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So decentralization. Yes. We need... Uh, I'm a big fan of this idea of the federated universe. So, so uh, the way Twitter, for instance, should function is through... Uh, the, the. It's called the Fediverse. You host your own server. So if someone wants to follow you, it's like email. Except the difference with email, email, you can send an address something. With the, a federated <coughs> Twitter system... You would follow someone's email. And then whenever they do it, it's basically just sending out mass messages. So just like Twitter. But no one can ban you because it's your server. And I'm subscribing to your server, not Twitter's server. Mm -hmm. The problem is these big social media companies have centralized all their users. And there's no, you know, look, Parler's great, but Parler's an echo chamber. It's, you know, if you, if you want to follow certain people that you can't follow on Twitter, you go to Parler. If Donald Trump moved over, maybe he could make a difference. But for some reason, Trump isn't doing any of that. Changing the narrative, changing the conversation. If Trump came out right now and said, from now on, I will be using Minds.com for all of my posts, he would force all of the major news organizations to switch over, and it would dramatically shift the power structure in big tech. He'd like tweet links to his parlor posts, like with no preview. Yeah. And force them to, because you can't, you can't view posts without right. having an account. It's, it's, it's. Trump could do one thing right now that would take him five minutes. He could post something like he normally does, but just do it on an alternative platform, on a different platform. And it would force the journalists to show it. Mm -hmm. But he's not doing it. Another issue is uh, decentralizing the, the network. Because right now, even Minds is like a centralized network. And if someone wants to cut it out, cut out that central node, the entire network goes down. But we're working on mesh networks yeah. where everyone's phone hosts the network together. So if you try to take down 70% of the phones, the other 30% are going to keep the network. Bro, up. I'll tell you what, man. This stuff sounds great, but they've been talking about it for decades. And there's people it's trying never to been stop done. it. I think people are trying to slow it or down. Or data ownership. Yeah, where you upload a video and you own that video. And yes. every piece of revenue that comes in, that goes to you. Well, that's 
Well, that's how it happens. It should be like that. that I think that's they call it Internet 2.0. Tron, the Tron network is working on that. But you mean that's like when they own your data, like when you went to the bathroom and like yeah, like Cambridge Analytica using it using this crap to to. We we got to do super chats, man. We've been we've been going to do long. it. Uh, all right, man, all right. I'll get deep late. into that right now. Yeah, that's yeah, a rabbit hole. Yeah. So we we have a couple from Nam Fuang Nguyen, but I'm only going to read this one. So I apologize. Nguyen. Nguyen. Yeah. Nguyen. All right, you got it. They're using the fake news to justify pushing socialism in Vietnam again. The people believe the fake news. I see insane anti-West rhetoric for years. What would happen if someday these fester? I'm afraid you didn't end the, v- the war in Vietnam. You postponed it. Ooh, wow. Interesting. Mm. Let's see. Uh, Small Rabbit Monkey says, Your last video upload this evening might as, might as well have been named Have You Ever Seen the Plot to X-Files? <laughs> Tim, not a conspiracy theorist pool. Love you. I was talking about Harry Reid, former Senate Majority Leader, saying... The government has not released all the evidence we have on UFOs. Ooh. That's just me talking about Harry Reid. You know, nothing Dude, else. There's some mean tech. Let's see. Yeah. The civic nationalist says, Tim, I can't believe that you would have this white supremacist who's Afro-Cuban. <laughs> the propaganda against the Proud Boys is quite bad over here. The majority of Brits believe that the PBs are Nazis. Mm. Share this with them. Isaac and Bereka. That what it says? says, Enrique, thank you for incorporating healthy masculine energy back into the world. Tim, thank you for being brave and performing real journalism. Yeah, I, I don't think it's bravery. I think it's nihilism. Well, you got to brass that. I think it's nihilism. <laughs> I will tell you You're that. A lover of human. I don't know, man. They, this, this could be our last show. I guess yeah, every day out. could be our last. Might That's as well live it too. the best you can. Amen. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, Nam Fong Nguyen says, so will you come and see see me and hear me in Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam? Well, I don't know if that's for me, but I won't. Vietnam, he loved you a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. MW says, dude, you are the man. I wanted to see a long form interview with this guy. Maybe the lies can finally stop. Well, you know, look, man, uh, would you th- do you think it's fair to say that there are some criticisms for the Proud Boys that are deserved? Definitely. Yeah, I think so. I think I think, again, uh, third time I say it, we're not everybody's cup of tea. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say a really bad word right now. <laughs> would have gotten this band for sure. But we 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 do fight. You know, uh, we basically on our meets, at least in my meets, we have boxing gloves that are always there. But yeah, like we're not everybody's cup of tea. We cuss, we, we drink. You know, some of our guys might get a little rowdy when they drink outside the bar. But yes, so there I, are some I, criticisms. Oh. I forgot, to, I forgot to bring this up. Uh, the fourth degree. Do you, did you get rid of that? Thank God you brought that up. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. we didn't get rid of it. The, the whole thing is the fourth degree is up to interpretation it doesn't mean like you got to get into a fight what is it what so okay. the fourth so we is clear like a- we actually cleared that up because in the in the beginning it wasn't very clear um so how i got my fourth degree what is the what, what is it the fourth degree what is it fourth degree is a hardship while being a proud boy right mm-hmm. so a hardship that i had to endure i had 35 dollars in my pocket i was in miami hurricane harvey was coming and it was, it already made landfall. And I'm like, I want to go to over there and I want to help people. And I didn't have the money. So I started to go fund me for a thousand bucks because that's really all I needed. I got $2,000. I packed up the truck with water. I put, uh, my aluminum boat and, and a motor and, uh, I drove up with two proud boys into Harvey and we we're there for five days sleeping on the asphalt. We did, uh, 300 plus, uh, direct water rescues with the Coast Guard and the Cajun oh, Navy. Wow. Um, we administered first aid 90 times. We saved, uh, 20 something dogs. Uh, we passed out, um, 
I think it was up upwards of like 6,000 water bottles while we were there. And that was my fourth degree. Wow. Right? Yes, you could get a fourth degree if you go to a rally, but you cannot provoke it. You can never be the initiator of anything, right? You can't look for it. It's the only degree out of all the degrees that you cannot wasn't, look for. Wasn't the specific language like win a fight in defense of Western values? That was the original, yes. That was the original uh, language when we made that. We recreated the bylaws and we we went into specifics and what it meant to us because in the beginning in a bar – Putting bylaws together, Gavin might have slipped up a little bit, but yeah. we uh, we I mean, did expand sounds, on most of these things. And fourth degrees, and fourth degrees are given for a lot of other things. Um, like if you have, uh, I know some chapters do this because the chapters are very autonomous. Like if you have somebody that's active duty status and it's deployed to a war zone, right? That's a fourth degree, but you have to be a PB. You can't just be a veteran and then just come in and get a fourth degree. So that's considered a fourth degree. So there's a lot of ways that uh, that people misconstrued the fourth degree. But yes, I got in Portland. I have a video of it, and they threw an explosive at me, and it had shrapnel in my arm and leg, like wow. it was a freaking Whoa. war zone. I mean, to be to be honest, and the guys does... pulled it out with vodka and tweezers. Oh wow, gosh. it yeah. does sound like you guys just you know made some changes when you got some criticism. No, actually, we needed to expand on a lot of those things because it was a lot of internal things that weren't clear. So I we think did. when your organization is started by Gavin as kind of a joke, it's probably yeah, probably well, gonna happen. Well, he is he is uh, Gavin's a very interesting guy. Uh, you can't tell sometimes, and I think Joe Rogan said this: you can't tell when he's serious or when he's playing most of the time. But knowing him personally, I can tell you most of the time he is joking, and most of the times he's a very he's a very loving father. Uh, so much so that I have, I don't think I've called Gavin in the past three weeks where he hasn't been in his kid's softball game screaming at his coach. <laughs> so, um, but, but Gavin, like Richard, let's, let's just go with like Richard Pryor, you know, like his crude jokes, um, Willie Nelson, uh, their crude jokes, like all those people can be misconstrued as like racist or, uh, uh, at times violent, you know, we see people say like, uh, vocabulary is violent right now, but he's generally a really good person. He's generally a really good dude. And he's been crapped on for such a long time. And he's, he's paid for it. He's paid for his views and Kevin? I've paid for my views and I'm completely happy. I can't tell you, I can't tell you that I'm living worse than I was before. I was making a lot more money. I was a DOD contractor for 15 years. And I make probably 10% of what I made before. I'm a garment salesman. But you know what? I don't apologize for it. And I am a lot happier now. I feel like I'm living with purpose, doing something than when I was before where I'm just chasing money. I, you know, I know a lot of people who know Gavin. And, you know, I'll try and be as fair as possible. I understand a lot of what he does is meant to be provocative. It's meant to be edgy. But some of the things he says, you just can't defend at all. I mean, he's called for violence. If you, if you show me exactly right there where he's calling for violence and it's in context and yeah, fine, but I've never seen it. I've never seen that he's like directly the Vic Berger makes these videos that make him seem like this demon. Right? Yeah. So, so I understand a lot of those were pulled out of context. I've actually yeah. gone through a list of where the clips came from, but I, I had a, a, I had a reporter on the ground at a rally in DC mm-hmm. and they were like, dude, Gavin was straight up. 
like so you heard it from a third party it's true to be fair yeah but i mean this was someone i sent down specifically to gather news for me saying we saw him go on stage and directly say you know get violent was this at dc yeah i i heard his whole speech in dc there wasn't anything really violent about it he he brought like rubber handcuffs and he broke himself from the chains uh it was a whole comedy skit so i don't know i don't know i'll i'll rewatch it and i'll I thought and, it's and, got- and if your show if if your show continues, which one day you'll probably have, <laughs> I'll come back on and we'll, we could address that. It's yeah, pretty. Man. I think it's impressive that you took some of like the unclear, violent rhetoric and created like a legitimate, you know, request. Like instead of get into a fight defensively, it's now endure hardship. That's that's legitimate. It is a hardship. It is it is, and a lot of guys go through the, the ringer. Like people lose their careers over it. Losing a career can be, in some chapters, be considered a fourth degree. We got a whole bunch of guys that were police officers, and I say were because they get fired just just for being part of it. They're not like activists at a rally. Um, as a matter of fact, recently we had a police officer that actually quit his job. I was like, you know what? Forget it. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm an insurance salesman. I got, a, I got a question for you, but I do want to point something out. I think a lot of people don't understand the point of me trying to ask you like you know, critical questions or serious questions. This is just so that you can answer for the things that have, you know, been, have been, you've been accused of or you, you know, it's, it's your opportunity to say, here's what they said about me. Here's my response to this. And so if I'm seeing things and I'm saying like, here's, here's a story that needs to be addressed, a lot of people think I'm, I'm like personally attacking you. you know no, I mean? no, I don't see it. And, and um we kind of, when I, when I came here, I kind of went over it with you guys. Like, I don't like doing interviews with Breitbart. I don't like doing interviews. Nothing wrong with Breitbart. I just personally don't like, I say no to them. You know, and I came on this show because I knew that we had our differences. I know from watching your videos, not personally, because me and you have never really met personally. But I knew that you were going to ask these tough questions. I knew you were going to bring up these questions. And I, I like, I like getting asked these things because I can't dispel like myths. I want to, I'd rather be hated for honest reasons, right? And the group as a whole be hated for honest reasons than what somebody's telling them to hate us for. But I, I already know what's going to happen. I'm going to have people on the right saying that was unfair. How could you say those things? People on the left saying you're, you're just pretending to go at them. Cause I, I'm, I'm willing to ask any question to anybody. You know, if someone said like, here's the thing that's happened, here's proof. I got no problem bringing it up. Uh, I could be wrong about the Gavin thing at DC. That was, uh, someone I had on the ground who said, here's, you know, basically what went down. So I think one criticism I'll probably get from the left is that I should have pulled up more videos and had more direct, you know, okay. hard content, but we don't. And that's just what the way it is. But well, let, let, well before you do that, I want to, I, I want to tell you one of the most difficult questions, the most difficult things to like answer, uh, to, and Gavin's going to hate me for this, but I can be having, uh, an intellectual like discussion with somebody with like facts or where I pull the videos out and I show them the graphs and I'm in there. And then the worst thing that Gavin ever did to the Brad boys is, is put a butt plug in his butt uh, on live TV. Yes. And I, there's, there's no, there's no intellectual thing that I can tell somebody that could make me win that argument anymore. It doesn't, I'm like, all right, you know what? You win. I'm out of here. That's it. I think it proves the unserious nature of what it is he's, you know, representing. Yes. You know, I think a lot of people take him too seriously. But when we're, at, you know, I, I think the media tries really, really hard to find those the, the boogeyman. 
And yes. Joe Biden, I, I do believe you are right. He made a tactical error in naming Proud Boys instead of any of these other groups they could have named. Because there are some scary groups out there. And I know the journalists who cover them. These are some scary people. Yeah. And the Proud Boys are the silliest bunch, you know, in terms of getting into a fight with Antifa in the street or things like that. But here, here's, a, here's a legit question from Horsehead. He says, what are your thoughts on Fred Perry no longer selling the iconic polos? Will they change styles to something else? So I got this awesome story about that. So... <clears throat> So Fred Perry actually stopped selling their black and yellow, their signature black and yellow Fred Perry in the United States. Rude. Right. And they were, they were like, well, we denounced them and they can't wear this shirt. So that we made a, this major corporation that's been around for decades stop selling this thing. And then on top of that, and this, this is actually the first time I say it on this show. Uh, so the UK guys took pictures of a whole bunch of boxes, you know, with shipping labels on them. And they're like, it doesn't matter, our American friends. We're going to ship these things from the UK. Oh. And hook, line, and sinker. Oh, man. Uh, Newsweek picked it up, and they're like, now the UK Proud Boys are shipping black and yellow Fred Perrys to the States for their friends. And then uh, Fred Perry did did uh, uh, get called by Newsweek, and he was quoted in the article. Um, but it's amazing that we're able, just, just by like a small post on Telegram, because that came from a post on Telegram, from a small post on Telegram, it it made a national news outlet like run a story. That's amazing. Um, and made this giant corporation answer to it. But on a serious level, what we're thinking about doing is the black is, especially for us Floridians, the black and yellow Fred Perry, that's another thing that Gavin screwed up on. The black and yellow Fred Perry is so hot in Florida. Yeah, seriously. So we might, we might, add in a couple of new colors from the Fred Perry line. It doesn't matter if he likes us or not. We'll keep giving him money. That's fair. You know, it's fair. Capitalism. But we might we might pick up a very popular, you know, lighter colored Fred Perry and start good. adding it in. <laughs> at least to the southern states. Yeah. So a, a lot of the comments, a lot of super chats are just people saying, you know, great to have you on. They're, you know, I think it's, it's, it's good that we're having conversations because, you know, obviously the media is not going to do a long form sit down. Mm. We have one here. Ethan Johnson says, I'm sorry, Johansson, PSA, as it is National Farmers Day, it's harvest in the heartland. To all of you that have recently moved from population centers to rural areas, be aware that farm equipment is big and slow, huh. 15 to 30 miles an hour. Be patient with us. We want to go home to our families, too. Good advice. Good PSA. Yeah. Actually, I, I owned a, a Kubota tractor and I had 80 acres of land in oh, North cool. Florida. Oh, wow. And I would drive and I had another piece of property that was like about a mile away and i'd use the tractor and i'd piss people off <laughs> so uh isaac says where did the white supremacist accusations originate ben shapiro even hints at not wanting to be involved with proud boys and i trust ben shapiro as a news provider <clears throat> first i'm gonna laugh at somebody trusting ben shapiro for anything oh snap uh, i don't can he swim i don't know i don't, know. I don't ben think shapiro? so yeah um so the white supremacist moniker comes, I guess, as like the scariest of the scary, right? It's, 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 people think like Nazis, Nazis are like the boogeyman. That's like, that's like the, the thing that people like accusing other people of. And it's, uh, I forgot, it's Godwin's law. Yeah. You've heard of that? Godwin's. So the more, uh, you know what that is? No. So Godwin's law is the more me and you argue, the, it, it, the it, higher the chances that one of us is going to use a reference to Nazi Germany oh, oh. on each other. So then, you know, the lighter version of that, the light version of Nazi is white supremacy. And you said that there is a lot of scary groups. And I, I, I agree there, there probably is. 
Uh, but most of these ethno-nationalist groups are really not a threat. They don't leave the, the freaking basement. They don't leave their house. I haven't, I haven't seen, besides in Charlottesville that I did see some, um, I haven't seen like a scary, like white supremacist Nazi dude, except when I was in prison, when like a real white supremacist, like the Aryan Brotherhood is there because they'll stab you in the neck. And these Antifa guys, they want to dox like white supremacists. Why haven't they doxed? I'll tell you why they haven't doxed the Aryan Brotherhood, because they're going to get stabbed <sighs> in the neck if they do. You know, when you dox a proud boy, we're like, oh, here, perfect example. We're like, all right, you know what we're going to do after getting doxed so much? We're, we're going we're gonna to find their addresses. And we're going to, we're going to, yeah, let's do it. And we, we go like that and we pull up all the information, all their addresses, and we sit there together and we're like, all right, what are we going to do with this? We're like, wait, what are we going to do with that? <laughs> you can't do anything. Like, are we going to, sh- like, what, we're going to show up at the house? Uh, like, that do, happened though, didn't it? Do we, do we, like, knock? Yeah. One of our guys got pissed off at, uh, Vic Berger. At Vic Berger and knocked in his house and asked him to, like, not, like, do that anymore. <laughs> you know, it was like, hey, uh, Vic, can you stop doing this, please? And Vic, like, blew his lid, but, like, there's nothing that we can do. We've never, you'll never find us go to a house and like break a window. He should not have gone to Vic Burger's house. He shouldn't have gone to Vic Burger's house. But regardless, the thing is, yes, but like if you're knocking on somebody's door, it's it's very old school to do that, but you knock, he is an older, older gentleman, but you knock on somebody's door and you're, you ask for sugar. You're like, Hey, can you turn the music down? And that's basically what the conversation was. Mm -hmm. Um, but we've never been one to like, okay, let's go to somebody's house and like, let's, uh, let's, let's slash their tires. You won't find those stories. You won't find the stories of us burning or looting anything. Or, you know, you want me to tell you what's going to happen if Donald Trump loses the election? Well, I'm- nothing. Cause the conservatives aren't going to do anything. That's what and I it actually makes me happy and it makes me sad at the yeah. same time that we don't have that. That umph, we're just gonna be like, okay, let's just go back to work. This sucks. Will I will I go ahead and, and complain about it for the next four years? Yes, I did it for eight years from with prison. Obama. Yeah, man. From prison. <laughs> I'll send you guys I'll send you guys letters. But um if he wins if he if he loses, nothing's gonna happen. If he wins, I don't know what's gonna happen. I hope I, I'm 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 a white pill guy. I'm I'm very hopeful for the future. And I think this will calm down in the in the seventies, the anti-war protests and the civil rights protests, those things calmed down. That was a much tougher time to go through. And, uh, I think we're going to get through this as Americans. I think we're going to get through it. I'm not entirely convinced. I wouldn't call, I wouldn't say that I think, you know, the end is nigh, but I think the, the stuff we've seen from Obamagate, the Russiagate hoax stuff suggests that we are in very serious trouble in terms of how our country is being run. For too long, the American population has sat back uh, um, happy to just watch their sports and order their pizzas, have their beer, and ignore what was going on in politics to the point where we actually had a trans-Satanist anarchist win a Republican primary because Americans Mm -hmm. don't know who they're voting for. They just down ballot, all the R's, give it to me. That's what we've been doing for decades, and it's ended up with show hearings. Like today's hearing with Amy Coney Barrett was garbage. It was just a bunch of people grandstanding. It did nothing. You know what? The hearing's supposed to be, is my understanding, when you have a Supreme Court. Uh, I see here you spent, uh, you know, X many years at, at Notre Dame uh, as a professor. 
Uh, tell me a little bit about that experience uh, and how it will play into being a Supreme Court justice. The American people would like to know. Um, I see here that you are an originalist in the Constitution and with a specialty in stare decisis. What does this mean for the American people? Do you believe this means you are qualified? Instead, what do we get? My constituents and my vote and my campaign. And it has Sorry. nothing to do with the judge. The hearing is supposed to make sure that the person who was, uh, who was nominated by the president is of, of sound mind and ability to be a Supreme Court justice because the president can nominate basically anybody. Mm-hmm. And the Senate supposed, if Trump says, I'm going to nominate this. Tim uh, Pool. Yeah, sure. I'd yeah. be like, uh, no, thank you. No, but let's say he nominated a guy, a, a burger chef, you know, at a, at a, at a, at a bar Louis. And the burger chef's like, I'll do it. He sits down and the Senate says, what experience have you in law? And None. Okay. I'm going to vote against this guy next. Yeah. That's what they're supposed to be doing. They're not doing it. They're, they're getting up there and saying the Affordable Care Act is 20 million people. Donald Trump, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's, we, we, we for too long have allowed do nothing politicians to put on shows. Don't actually care about us. Sell us out to the biggest corporation, to the highest bidder, Amen. massive multinational corporations, be it big tech, be it uh, our manufacturing base eroding. And that's where we're at. That's, that's, that's what's happening right now. So Republicans should stand back and stand by. What you're saying? I think Republicans are, are, are trashy as much as Democrats are. Mm. I think there's a small handful of people in the Republican Party that are okay. Uh, I think Rand Paul's great, actually. I really like Rand Paul. I liked his dad, too, even though I disagree with them on a lot of uh, political issues. Principally, I think they were, they were really mm. great at what they did. Uh, Tulsi's pretty cool. And the Democrats don't really have much of anybody right now. And the Republicans themselves are pretty, you know. No, but I'm saying the people. Because, th- um, and, and, and. I think the people need to get up and go vote. I think there's 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 a really good there's, there's something happening right now. The Democrats made a big mistake on and it was betting on mail-in voting because mail-in voting has a higher margin of failure than in-person voting. That means Republicans convinced there's a real threat are going to go in person and the Democrats terrified of covid are going to vote by mail and have a higher rate of failure for their for their votes, giving Donald Trump a major advantage. This could mean considering um, I was reading an Atlantic article that said 50 percent of Biden's voters are expected to vote by mail. With that margin of failure, the polls could be correct that Joe Biden is leading. But once we get this massive failure rate of mail-in votes, Trump wins. Might not matter. Yeah, it might not matter. I've seen it. I've I've protested. I protested the 2018 election. You know what I got out of it? Mm. Another Democrat oh, in office. You know? And the reason why I say that, because a big question from the media was, oh, uh, are you guys ready to stand by? If uh, the election results don't go in your favor, I go, I've protested the election results almost every year. So uh, Isaac, Isaac Hillstrom says he didn't answer the question of where these accusations originated in terms of uh, white supremacy. Where did they start? Oh, I'm sorry. I think we, we started talking about something else in yeah. the middle of that. I think, it, I think it's just a made up. It's a made up thing. I think they went down the line. They're like, well, we couldn't, can't call them Nazis, but there's a, there's a whole bunch of white guys and it's white supremacy. I mean – there's no basis to it. There's no basis to it. White supremacists, um, white supremacist groups hate us more than Antifa does. Why? We're race mixers. We're degenerates for letting in gays. We shouldn't, we shouldn't be pro drug. We shouldn't drink this much. Like they're Puritans and they actually hate us because they feel like we're becoming their voice in this whole thing. Like they're always going to hate Antifa, right? But they hate us more because they feel like we're, we're watering down their, 
and I'm just speaking from their eyes, we're watering down their, their thing. And I've gotten death threats from them before, right? And their death threats are actually a lot worse than the death threats from Antifa, hmm. um, which I got a very, very, very serious one on Friday before, on the 25th before the event, so much so that the FBI took it as a very serious thing and they had somebody close to me the entire time that I was there. Oh, wow. Um, do you ever kick people out? Yes, but that's very tricky. So we have, and specifically in the event in um, in D.C., the Demand Free Speech event, we had somebody, um, some dude that's a Nazi-loving dude. So what I usually do is I work with police first, and he came in there to agitate the situation. He was blaming the Jews for everything. And um, first I asked police to to escort him out. And I didn't know that I like, I knew this, but I didn't know. I thought they were able to like the police were able to bend it. And they're like, well, we can't kick him out. It's a public park. Even if you have a permit for the entire thing, we can't kick somebody out of a public park, but we actually berated him until he left, um, which worked out perfectly fine. And we've uninvited people that are ethno-nationalists to some some of these events that we go to. I got, what I meant was, though, would you ever kick people out of the Proud Boys? Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Yeah, we would. What would cause that? Um, Many things, like uh, on personal things, like one thing that we really don't, besides views, okay? So if you have something that's against tenants, uh, we, we will act upon it. That chapter will act upon it. Um, but like other things would include like, stealing money from somebody or sleeping with somebody's wife, which hasn't happened. But that is part of like our code of conduct um, where there's things that, you know, are just unforgivable. Another thing is that we vet <clears throat> every member that comes in. I'm a felon, right? So it doesn't mean we don't let felons in, but we do do a background check. So if you're a wife beater, uh, if you're a pedophile or things like that, which I don't, we've never had a pedophile try to join, but we've had people that have like, domestic uh abuse things that have come up and we haven't so there's some things that we're a little bit more lenient on and some things that we're not but yes we we do kick out uh member we do have bylaws we are an organization uh we do have some type of structure even though <clears throat> our chapters are very autonomous there is a set of rules there is a national set of rules that's kind of like a constitution and a code of conduct that you do have to follow so people have noticed that there is a stink bug on your chair. Oh, no. He's just walking back and forth he's doing his oh, thing. He was on top of your Yeah, he's computer. been rolling all Yeah, evening. he's chilling, man. Oh, there two he is. Of them in here. Oh, yeah. So don't no, be careful because there's stink bugs. You know what happens if you scare them? What? It stinks. It's stinky. No, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say it stinks. It's just a strong smell. You're going to be like, whoa. <laughs> he's famous. Yeah. No, I'm from Florida. We have all sorts of bugs. We stink don't bugs. Have, <laughs> we don't have Well, those, anyway, man, um, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you were able to come down. Uh, I think I know that, you know... No one's going to be satisfied with the conversation we actually had for the most part. I didn't expect it. I think a lot of people are going to be happy at least that we tried, and I hope that we got something productive out of it. And uh, I think the media has pumped out a ridiculous amount of lies about you guys. I think there's some valid criticisms. I think it's, you know, truth is, truth is always close to the middle. But as the media just goes crazier and crazier in a desperate bid to make money, it's just getting nuts, man. It's just getting the grift. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? The media's desperate attempt to scare people about these groups, it's just getting ridiculous. That being said... We've gone over quite a bit. Uh, I didn't get as much Super Chats as I wanted to, but I think we just had a lot to go through. But uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, you're banned from everywhere, so I guess, you know. Parlor. Yeah, Parlor. Oh, you're on yeah. Parlor. Mm -hmm. And I think people need to see for themselves and do their own investigation, make their own determinations about what they think about you, me, Ian, anybody, in, you know. But uh, 
So yet, yeah, what's your parlor username? So you can find me on Parlor. You could actually either search my name, which is really tough to spell for some people, Enrique mm-hmm. Tario, or you could my handle is at Noble Lead altogether. Um, you can find the Proud Boys. You could go to Proud Boys uh, ProudBoysUSA.com website if you want to just keep up with like some news updates, or if somebody did want to join, that's where they join. Another way that you could support me financially and other Proud Boys is you go to 1776.shop and we sell a whole bunch of conservative merchandise. And this shirt will be up uh, by tomorrow morning. And for the left, we are actually booking some Antifa people, and we're actually going to yeah. have. Yeah, can I be on too? And, well, you you the have them on by themselves, but I want to be able. I've never been able in this setting, and I think that you'd be doing a really big service to your viewers if you sit me with another member of Antifa. If they were to have it, I will absolutely reach out to some Antifa people to see if they would want to sit down and have that conversation. You know, I think a lot of people are like, "Tim's going to debate this guy." I don't debate anybody, and they people get mad like, "You weren't hard enough on this guy." I'm like, well, "I don't debate people." Like, we have a conversation. I try and throw some questions their way. But anyway, that being said, thanks, everybody, for hanging out. Smash that like button before you go. This could maybe be our last show. I don't know. Whatever. I don't care. It's been real, guys. 2020 has been fun. So, um, But, you know, journalism has to be fearless. And as much as the left wants to argue that what we do is not journalism, well, you know, here and there, I think we do a lot of political commentary. I do, at least. This show is more conversational. But sometimes you've got to talk to people to figure out who they are. And I've got to be honest with, with you, man. I've interviewed Soviet generals. I've interviewed Brazilian gang leaders. Mm-hmm. Uh, interviewing some dude who the media seems to not like is mm. not the craziest interview I've ever done. But of course, it's very contentious. So maybe it'll be the last show. If that's the case, make sure you like, subscribe, share the show at the notification bell, and uh, we'll see how things play out. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Parlor at TimCast. Check out my other channels, YouTube.com slash TimCast and YouTube.com slash TimCastNews. Of course, you can follow Ian. Yes, I like to talk about space and magnetics. And you can find me at Ian Crossland, uh, YouTube, Twitter, uh, Instagram. It goes on. There you go. And of course, you can follow at Sour Patch Lids. I am here. I just haven't been on camera like at all. There you go. Such a great guest. It's been really fun to listen to. Sour Patch L-Y-D-S. Yes. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow night, I think. I don't know. There's a spider here. There's some stink bugs there. We'll see how things play out. Internet seemed to work just fine today. So, uh... I'll leave it there. Thanks so much uh, to everybody for hanging out. And we're going to try and do, uh, I don't know, a bunch of hard interviews. I've been reaching out to a bunch of lefties, far leftists, Antifa people. And uh, we're going to bring them out. We're going we're gonna to bring them to the studio. That'll be fun. So stick around. We will see you all next time. And again, thanks for hanging out.